Also, you know who I might add quickly to this um, once he once he's ready. I've got a reporter from Amoland News that says he has some some document leaks from the uh, ATF. Cool. That he wants to drop on us, so I'll probably bring him in here real quick. Um, if you if you guys are up for that, uh, but let's see. Okay, so we're we're uh, we are we are live right now. <laughs> So let me uh, go to the open, the, the usual stuff I do here. I just want to remind everyone to go to hankstrange.com, sign up for our email list. That's one of the best ways you guys can support us out there. Look around the website. We've got a tab on there called Merchandise. You can find uh, all the different merch stuff that we have going. Right now, we've got a bunch of patches that you can get there on the site. You can buy those from us. And if you do right now, while supplies last, Lola is sending out GunVote. Uh, stickers that we got from the NSSF, um, and as you'll see in this conversation today, <laughs> you know, really important to make that gun vote, please. All right, just think about that. Okay, let me uh, get everything rolling here and drop these gentlemen in here, and let's see, here we go. All right, I'm going to hit the open. And Welcome back. For the Hank situation. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel, the ring the bell so you can be notified, smash those thumbs ups, share this podcast, all that kind of good stuff. If you're new here, which Kevin and Alex both are new to the podcast, we do this thing here called Jazz Hands, guys, and I deliberately don't tell anyone about it. Everyone has to do it a bit of getting. Can I see Jazz Hands, Walter? Come on, Alex. Come on, Kevin. You could do Jazz Hands. Come on. There you go, More Jazz power. Hands. More power. <laughs> I hope you guys have your big girl panties on because we are live and we're going to talk about some real serious grown-up stuff around here. And hopefully you're ready for that. Please smash the thumbs ups out there. Share this with your friends. Uh, you know, as I said, this is episode 657 and our guests are Kevin Brittingham of Q. Live Q or die. There he goes. Boom. Joining us, live Q or die. He's got the sweatshirt, so it's official. <laughs> uh, he's here, as well as Alex Bosco of SB Tactical joining us. There you go. Uh, uh, I don't see you're not wearing any SB Tactical stuff. No, I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing Tampa Bay um, sportswear. Tampa Bay. Okay. Does they, did they get some kind of title? I think maybe. I don't know. Because if I mention one of them, then somebody's going to get mad. <laughs> yes, that will happen. That will happen. And we also have Walter Keller from Safety Harbor Firearms, trying to get his act together over here. Uh, hopefully, he's all he's all set up. No, not the day. Not the day. I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all. <laughs> we'll get <laughs> we'll get all of that work worked out, Walter. We also have you all out there joining us as well. Um, and once again, I'm going to remind everyone to smash the thumbs ups as you guys are coming in. Ask your questions. So we're going to get uh, we're going to get some some statements, obviously, from these gentlemen here. And um, I'm, I'm also going to get them to take your questions. We're going to have John Crump, as you probably heard there in the beginning. I'm going to have him come on here in a second. Um, but obviously, this whole thing is going on with the honey badger. Right. And uh, the ATF. And uh, and uh, SB Tactical, you're you know, this is your realm, Alex. Yep. You know, so we're going to talk about ATF woes as well as Walter is probably going to uh, talk about his own woes with the ATF as well. And both of these gentlemen, you've been making kind of like the circuit. I saw you both on Noir talking about this stuff, um, and I saw you also on with uh, Tim from Military Arms Channel. 
talking about this. All really good stuff. So what I'm going to try to do is bring some new, different information to you guys if I can and actually uh, get these guys to answer some questions, bring us up to speed because I'm sure all of this is changing like day to day or hour to hour for these guys. So um, let me see. Who should I start with here? Uh, let's uh, actually let's start with Alex because I know Alex, you, you, you're going to be probably here for half the show. Yeah, uh, and then you got to run. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do you want to uh, do you want to tell us like how, for example, you and Kevin got together? And because um, I, I believe that the that the brace that Q is making is somehow associated to what you guys have. Right. Or are you guys making it? Well, it's, li it's licensed through us. So, yeah, Ke okay. Kevin and I have a good relationship but the person who uh, is the president of SB Tactical mm -hmm. is a certain gentleman named Jeff Creamer and mm -hmm. while I may be the owner of the company um, I am in awe of the person who I've hired and uh, I would uh, it would be remiss for me not to say that he is a mentor to me okay. and I it's kind of I I take his lead more than anything else he's really been in the industry for longer than me uh, he's a wealth of knowledge I think Kevin would agree Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and the company without him is just is just not the company. Yes, the invention is mine. Yes, uh, I started it off for several years before uh, Jeff came on board. Mm -hmm. Jeff um, and several other people at, at SB Tactical have made the company what it is today. So um, that's the caveat. I'll say that first. Um, I think the important thing to kind of talk about, if we're going to talk about something, is my, so. My, from my perspective, because Kevin's going to have his perspective, but mm -hmm. my perspective, you know, we with SP Tactical, we've been trying to work very closely with ATF for a long time. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, I personally have sat down, and I can't even count how many meetings with uh, the heads of ATF, uh, including Marvin Richardson, including the former director of the ATF, Tom Brandon. Uh, including uh, all of the people at Fat D and what the three, four people on this call know as uh, chief counsel's office, which is essentially the people who are running the show now. Mm -hmm. So what what I guess I want to say is that after the 2015 letter, which I'm not going to go over because I think most of the people who are listening remember the 2015, you know, you take the SB15 here and you put it up to your shoulder, you, you've now redesigned it and you're going to prison for 10 years. So I made that my life's work to change. Uh, I did whatever I possibly could to do to get it changed and we got it changed. And in 2017, with the help of the former director, Mike Sullivan and Tom Brandon, we got the ATF to kind of renege on that 2015 letter and say, listen, yeah, that was wrong. Mm -hmm. um, there's no, it's not attainable. We can't, it's just not the way to do things. And essentially they said you can sporadically, incidentally, or occasionally fire from the shoulder. So <laughs> with that, with that I, I didn't want to have any issues with dealing with the ATF anymore. So I thought the best way to deal with the ATF would be to come up with standards mm -hmm. and you know, people who innovate like Kevin, mm -hmm. um, Walter, uh, and like myself, innovators need to know the parameters under which they can work. Mm -hmm. Okay. With sponsors, it's very specific. We know what it is. Mm -hmm. There's companies that have that limit. SIG has been one of them. Kevin has always been an innovator when it comes to suppressors, but he knows what he has to do when it comes to a suppressor. Mm -hmm. Okay. With respect to braces, the first brace I made 
you know, I, I look at it and ATF has approved, I think at this point, 15 other, 20 other braces that we have approvals for. There's a spectrum of where the ATF sits on braces from this all the way to that. Mm-hmm. And I needed back in 2017 in order to come up with more braces was an understanding of what constitutes a brace or not. And essentially what the ATF told me from 2017 until the beginning of 2019 was, look, if you guys maintain the technology that was approved, okay, and that is two flaps, okay, a strap made out of an elastopolymer, mm-hmm. you're out. And so we submitted another brace before the 17, and it was the, everybody will remember. Yeah, uh, let's take back. a close look at this. The, the, here, let me get out of the way. This is the MPX brace. So it's two rods, you know, essentially it's two flaps. It's got, mm-hmm. it's rubber, it's flexible, mm-hmm. just like all the braces that we make. And it was approved. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, I wanted to be able to make more braces, but I wanted to have those parameters. I wanted the public to know. Mm-hmm. And essentially what, what, what happened was the ATF, was kind of snubbing me. I mean, this is now I know this is, you know, many years later I found out about this, but they didn't want to have parameters because they want to be specific enough to enforce, but vague enough to kind of have wiggle room to kind of go after whoever they want to go after. And with respect to ATF, which is the regulatory agency for our industry, you should not have that wiggle room. Okay. Because there's too much at stake. Mm -hmm. Right. We make a mistake the Second Amendment right that everybody on this call cherishes is gone, mm-hmm. okay? Especially when you talk about a felony offense. Mm-hmm. It's gone. So I, I, I don't play that game. Kevin doesn't play that game. Walter doesn't play the game. You don't play the game. Everybody listening on this phone call who's a law-abiding citizen does not play by that game. Mm-hmm. And should be held accountable and held to task so that they do their job the way it was essentially mandated to do. Their job is public safety, okay? You tell me, and I'm sorry because I'm getting fired up here. You, <laughs> That's good. What public safety issue the honey badger brace is? What, it's a what? public service. I mean, if anything, I think you kind of changed the world because you offered a public service. And I always remember the first time I met you, right? I think it was it was it was years ago um, at Shot Show when there was a paraplegic gentleman that was there. Uh, it, I, th- I think that was in Century Arms booth, and they were giving away they were giving away something. And that guy was there. That was the guy who inspired you initially to create this and offer this to folks out there. And and you know, this is one of the things that we've said, and I've seen you guys talking about it. This is something for the folks out there to give them access to being able to defend themselves and enjoy the shooting sports, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So, but I think that from the beginning, you started, you you kicked off stuff with certain people inside of the ATF and other folks out there that they probably, you know, they've probably always been waiting for some kind of opportunity, right? But you really, it, you innovated in this field. And then just to switch over to Kevin, Kevin, you know, you're, you're legendary for your, for the things you've been doing over all these years. Um, Thank you. What made you, because I think initially when you were doing the Honey Badger, it wasn't a pistol, right? It was an SBR. Well, you know, that's, you bring up a good point right Mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. We don't just offer pistols. We're not trying to circumvent anything. We offer Mm -hmm. several 
of SBRs, and then we offered the pistol. Mm-hmm. My recollection of this, I got to know the SIG brace at the time, which mm-hmm. is the Galaxis brace. When I was at SIG, executive at SIG, I worked with Jeff Kramer, who runs his company now, oh. who I agree is probably one of the most brilliant guys in our industry. And Alex did a great job hiring him. If he ever wants to leave, he's got a place at the <laughs> um, But Jeff educated me on it, mm-hmm. and he forced SIG to do it. And it was a brilliant move, obviously. SIG made millions and tens of millions of dollars off the brace. Um, so I went on to, to form Q. Jeff went on to become the president. SB, that's his title, president, I think. President, yeah. In charge. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I wanted to do a brace for the Honey Badger pistol, but I wanted it aesthetically um to fit to be with more, Q, we all we all like we all know Q when we see it, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's okay. I was trying to build a brand as well, and so the second year they were open to it and allowed us to do it, um, and they gave us parameters in which to design one, which my engineers designed one. Mm-hmm. They, uh, based on their approval letters, and you know, if, if Alex disagrees, I hope he speaks up. They agreed that we came up with a good solution. They manufactured it. We license it from them. We buy it from them. They supply it to us, and we've been shipping them for years now. And, you know, it's like I said last night on um, Military Arms Channel, everything's been great. ATF had been at our place for three months doing an audit. They leave. They never say anything. Less than a month later, we get this letter that's a cease and desist. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much the way it's gone. Um, You know, no communication while we were there. And now we have information that they were aware that it was going on while they were at our place mm-hmm. from the branch evaluation, which we posted some snippets of, like the way they measure length of pull by angling it to make it longer and mm-hmm. things like that are ridiculous. They state in the letter that the braid, it's, it's definitely a stock because it has more surface area on the rear than our butt stock, which is just an absolute yeah, so lot. And uh, Alex uh, is throwing up a side-by-side. I mean, this is not... Uh, obviously, there's some, there's some, uh, a few design changes, but this is not terribly different. Yeah. Approved, uh, approved below. Apparently, well, I mean, they're not saying it's the brace because nobody's. I mean, I don't want to take Kevin's thunder away, but mm-hmm. you're more not. Yeah. They, apparently, they're saying it's not the brace. Apparently, they're saying that the weapon was intended to be fired from the shoulder because now they view the weapons more holistically and things like length of pull as kevin suggested and things like a scope mm-hmm. or an accessory can mm-hmm. incur atf's wrath mm-hmm. and the thing is the and i'm sorry kev i'm not trying to jump over you or anything like that but the the the, the ar-15 mm-hmm. is a okay and if you're going to look at an ar-15 which is a platform holistically based on accessories mm-hmm. How many configurations of an AR-15 can we come up with if we include not only barrel lengths and receivers and everything, but accessories? Um, I mean, we'll be here forever. I mean, hundreds of thousands. So, is JF suggesting that we should all be submitting? Joe Joe Smith in Montana, who just built uh, uh, his own gun, has to submit to ATF because of an accessory that he put on a gun. That's bullshit, man. I'm sorry, but it's it's. I'm just gonna call it out for what it is. It's BS. Yeah. It's wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's what Alex is saying, which is 
obvious and it's incorrect and, and it's just terrible that they're allowed to to instantly make people felons without defining in a technical perspective the laws you have to follow you know like they say 16 inch barrel a rifle can't have a shorter barrel than 16 inches they give you a measurement so we know mm -hmm. as a fire company as engineers and designers okay no matter what else we do the barrel has to be 16 inches but with a brace, they won't give us any of that. But in the tech branch report, what's even more disturbing is that they say the rear of our brace has more surface area than our stock. And so all we did was we had our engineers go in SolidWorks, they highlight, and they do a surface area measurement. And it's just absolute BS. It's incorrect. It's a lie. The stock has way more surface area on the rear than the brace. So there's things like this that they'll say it's like you're it's like if you're, you know, six years old and you believe in Santa Claus and your parents tell you about it and then you're 15 and you know it's not true. And your parents look at you, lie to you and tell you Santa Claus brought you the bicycle. Right. It's you can tell me, but it's bullshit. Yeah. But they're also saying it's based on their feelings. Right. Like we you know, I think that that's the point. That's where we get in trouble when you're just making law based on your feelings of All what. Right. Of, of what something's supposed to be. Um, let me just do this real quick because we do have John Crump joining us from Amoland. I just want everyone to know, first of all, this is the first time we have like five people in here and we're not going to do it for that long because obviously we want to get a lot of information. But John has something to add to this conversation. I think he's getting some document dumps from the ATF. Do you want to bless us with that real quick, John? Yes, I'm just sad. I just found out that Santa Claus isn't real. Oh. <laughs> blame, it on, blame it on Kevin. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. All right. Yeah. So you guys are right. Um, I have some more document dumps. Uh, this one goes back to 2019. Um, and uh, are you familiar with a guy named Curtis W. Gilbert? Yeah. Um, it looks Alex is saying yes. Uh, he hinted in a meeting when he was the deputy assistant director of enforcement programs and services. I guess he's now the uh, uh, deputy assistant director of the Office of Public Government Affairs. But when he was in the uh, enforcement programs and services with a meeting with other ATF agents, he hinted that the regulations were going to come down then. So he knew he knew it um, all the way back then. Also, there is something that he brought up the SB4 specifically, um, and he had a real problem with SB4. I have no idea why. I'm assuming I'm assuming you're saying the SBA4. The SBA, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so what's interesting, just to kind of uh, talk about what you're saying. Back in 2019, mm -hmm. we had conversations because we had heard the same types of things. We had discussed, uh, you know, this issue with the Department of Justice. And the Department of Justice wrote a letter to ATF and told them, listen, if you guys want to come up with some kind of parameters, you can come up with parameters. But until you come up with parameters, you are not to write anything about braces. This is their boss. So there's ATF mm -hmm. and there's Department of Justice. Department of Justice is their boss. So Department of Justice tells ATF, listen, you guys can't do anything on braces. 
they've essentially they've essentially taken their power away because ATF is used to saying whatever they want when they want it and the opposite of that whenever they want as well. Well, essentially a- after that, I think what happened was the ATF got pissed. And with respect to Ketch, what they did was it was essentially an FU back to DOJ and they said, "Oh yeah, well this is what we're going to do." Mm-hmm. And they sent out their henchmen, their armed henchmen, okay, under criminal convictions because essentially what Kevin mm-hmm. is that is that if you don't abide by this by the cease and desist you can go to prison yeah because okay. it wasn't Which, the technology branch that went after Kevin or after Q right it seems yeah. like it was enforcement and like someone a field agent in Boston right criminal agents mm-hmm. went to Kevin and gave him the cease and desist not mm-hmm. fat D, not some other bureaucrat Criminal people under criminal prosecution. So the, were they trying to make an example? Conversation I mean, with Kevin. He's in the driver's seat because he's the, he's the one that risks it all. Mm-hmm. So what what pisses me off and what to me is criminal and obscene for the United States of America is for an agency, which is the regulatory agency. Remember that they're the ones that we go to for information. We know that under 16 inches, it's a short-bowed rifle. Mm-hmm. It's a standard. We know it. They're going to Kevin, okay, with no standards, okay, with just a, well, it, we'll know it when we see it attitude, mm-hmm. and saying that you can go to prison now if you don't cease and desist selling a product that sells like everybody wants one. I can't tell Kevin how many people I ask. Hey, talk to Kevin. Get me one of those. Get me one of those honey badgers. The thing is, though, today. Like not to steal his thunder again, but you can sell a Glock pistol with a unicorn horn hanging off of it, and you will sell it at full retail. And they're stopping him from selling his product. Mm-hmm. It's obscene. It's wrong. It, you se- either- it seems like they wanted to make an example of Kevin. Go ahead. Walt, do you want to say something real quick? Go ahead. Walter? Well, I mean, okay, you can't catch your own rainwater, right? You can't what? Can't catch your own it's rainwater. This, it's, this, it's the same. It's these regulatory agencies creating law. Well, they're not supposed to be creating law, right? How 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 can they throw you in jail, in prison? They don't they don't have. There's no law. On a, so, but they're like they're like the dictator. Yep, mm-hmm. this is illegal. You know, you're going to jail, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, what, 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 where's the law? Mm-hmm. Where's the law? You know, it's okay. like. Well, I mean, definitely, it's a it's a way it's it's trying to. Um, it's I mean, trying it's to not intimidate. it's not just it's not just ATF that plays this game. EPA plays this game. Department of Energy plays this game. All these other agencies do the exact same shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I'm Crazy. not in, but yep. but the executive order thirteen eight ninety two, okay. Then I'm going to have to read it to you because it's important for everybody who's listening to know. Okay. Provides that when an agency takes an administrative enforcement action, engages in adjudication, or otherwise makes a determination that has legal consequences for a person, and in this case a business, it may apply only standards of conduct that have been publicly stated in a manner What's that standards? would not cause unfair mm-hmm. surprise. That's it. There are no standards. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to give me standards, how can you come after me? Yeah. Okay. So listen, John has to go real quick. He just wants to make a statement before he goes. What is that, John? Yeah. Uh, 
you guys are absolutely right. It looks like they got a little bit upset that uh, the DOJ uh, took some of their power away. So I don't think it's totally directed at uh, Q or SB Tactical. I think it's a shot back at DO, DOJ as well as you guys because they had their power taken away. Um, and so I, I have an article just probably coming out Monday, Monday or Tuesday, probably Monday. Uh, that's going to go into a little bit of the stuff that I have found out, some documents that I got. But I mean, this has been a long time coming. Uh, they just knew they didn't have the political capital, and now they're saying, "Screw it!" You know, election is coming up. Let's go ahead and throw it out, out, mm-hmm. and see what see what sticks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All hey, right. I, I did- Hey, thank you to John for what you guys are doing at MLN, man. Those articles have been awesome, and appreciate you reaching down and finding those balls and publishing them. Oh, we we have tons. We have tons coming out. I mean, I got documents. I was talking to Hank, and I have documents coming out every day. I'm going through some, and I found some really interesting things um, <laughs> that I'm not going to get into now. Hank can tell you guys off air. Yeah. Not yeah. about the brace, but... Well- Sincerely, thank you, and let me know anything that my company can do or I can do to help you. I really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, no problem. I'm probably reaching reaching out for a comment uh, probably Monday or whatnot. Uh, but I got a bunch of other stuff. Um, but yeah, uh-huh. but yeah. Uh-huh. By the way, uh, you guys got me in trouble with uh, Richardson, Marvin. Marvin? Oh yeah, yeah. He's pissed at me. He's just, as he yeah. told me, he's just he just wants to be he just wants to get along with people in industry. That's what he told me. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, well, well he's pissed at me because uh, apparently my sources, and he doesn't know who my sources are, and he's not going to know who my sources are, and, it, and that's kind of uh, rubbing him the wrong way. Oh, really? He's getting rubbed well, the he, wrong way? <laughs> okay. I wonder what Waco felt if he yeah. rubbed them the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, listen, John, thanks so much. I agree with what Kevin said. You guys are doing good work. Keep it up. We'll definitely bring you back here, um, you know, and, and we'll talk about those things when we could talk about them. All right. All right yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, it's, it's something that's kind of shocking to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Though, that's not a teaser at all. Now that no one's going to want to know what that is. <laughs> all right. It has to do with uh, holes that are not in the industry. OK. All right, John. You get out of here before you get in trouble. Okay. All right. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> All right. So um, the, the thing about this, Kevin, obviously this is uh, coming all the way down on you, but I think what John is trying to say, these guys have been looking for an opportunity. They've been looking for everything to come together. It seems like, and, and this is what I gathered from, from watching you guys talking to Mac as well as uh, Noir. It seems like they really couldn't full-fledged go after Alex yeah. Right. SP Tactical. So they were kind of like, okay, who can we pick on out there that, you know, that we could just intimidate that person and get them to fall to us? Because if they do it, then maybe they establish something. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, you know, how many braces have been used in crimes. I'm not sure, but I bet the stats are pretty freaking low. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why. You know, I get asked the question every day. I don't know why they're going after me. I mean, I do think me being in the first time in the Boston field office territory, being a very liberal state, mm-hmm. probably has something to do with it. 
Um, I, you know, I don't mind. They're not going to rattle me. Like, I don't want my house firebombed outside of that. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- whatever. If we, if if Q can help to bring awareness to this and the abuses of power of some of these regulatory agencies, and we can correct some of this stuff and retain our rights, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, like I said last night, I think that Silencer Shop and SB Tactical have been probably the two most innovative companies in our industry in the last 10 years, and I think everybody needs to support them. I think it's disgusting that I haven't heard from any firearms companies. Everyone needs to get in bed with this thing. Um, everybody needs to support Alex and needs to support our company. It's not supporting me. Like, I can never sell another gun with a brace and I'm still fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really affect my company as much as it does a lot of others. But what it does affect is an erosion of rights for every every citizen of this country and everyone that loves 2A. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something everybody needs to be aware of. You know, SIG sold hundreds of thousands of guns with braces. Springfield Armory, Smith and Wesson, Ruger, you know, Palmetto State, you yeah. name. Who's not? Who? What firearms manufacturer is not making a pistol? I don't know. Well, we have millions of people out there that have braced pistols now. You know, that was a problem with everybody not supporting the effort against bump stocks. I don't care about bump stocks, but it's an erosion of rights that leads to this. You know, what is that? A year or two ago, uh, and now maybe over yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Yeah, that came in in the, uh, the the early part of the Trump administration, right? I don't recall, but now we have mm-hmm. you know everybody's going after braces, and we all have guns with braces, or we know someone that does. It affects everyone mm-hmm. in the firearms industry. So everybody needs to stand together. And the media has been great. Our customers have been great. Alex's customers have been great. Very supportive. Lots of people have written their congressmen, their senators, the White House, DOJ. NRA, everyone to get involved. They've been great. But you know what's sad is no firearms companies have pledged any help to us. And like I said, if braces go away tomorrow, it stinks because Alex goes out of business. Q doesn't go out of business, but there's a whole lot of companies out there that do that 80% of their rifle caliber mm-hmm. firearm pistol brace guns. That's the thing. So, so let me get this straight. There's no fire. There's no one in the firearms industry uh, or a company in the firearms industry that's reached out to either one of you, Alex or Kevin? There's not a single firearms company that's reached out to me to offer any support, ask what's going on, how can they help. Well, I will take that back. There was a big executive that reached out to um, uh, my CEO and asked him what was going on. And then he said, well, we were going to uh, announce something in opposition of this, uh, you know, ATF infringement. But then Kevin posted a picture of the MPX brace that was approved and throwing us under the bus. So we're not going to announce anything oh. now, which is sick. Like, okay, a bunch how of- is that throwing? How is that throwing anyone under the bus? It's, you know, it's not. It, you know, what it is 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 a call and, and, and a great illustration of the mm-hmm. fact that ATF. And unreasonable, and it gave just like it gives the DOJ and the White House an opportunity and NRA to step in and correct what they screwed up with the bump stop. Mm-hmm. It gave Sig an opportunity to step into this fight and start swinging, you know, because they got a lot more to lose than me. Like, you want to recall four hundred thousand guns? I think we I think- all. I think everyone has something to lose. Everyone has something. Walter, are you trying to get something in here? No, no, no. I don't think anybody's going to recall anything. 
Yeah. Well, that's what they're trying to force us that's to do. The, that's what they want. But I think we all have stuff to lose. And, and I agree with you, and I think a lot of people in the gun community were saying, you know, there's some people who didn't agree with it, with the bump stocks, you know, some people like, hey, NRA, Trump, they're playing uh, four-dimensional, three, whatever kind of crazy chess checkers nonsense they were supposed to be playing. That little thing opens up room for another little thing. Now, the, the, this brace situation is a big thing, right? And well, it if is. we allow that, it opens room for bigger things. Well, yeah. I, I don't. I don't care about bump stocks, but mm -hmm. what I care is if we ignore it, then it's an erosion of our rights and it leads to the next thing, which I care about. Mm -hmm. Like Walter making 50 caliber uppers for an AR. That's not my thing. Mm -hmm. I don't personally care, but I care greatly and want to defend that because it's an infringement upon our right to bear arms. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if you like single shot 22s or you like machine guns or you like 50 cals or you like SBRs or you like rifle caliber pistols. Mm -hmm. We all stick together because the other side hates it and they're going to lie they're going to cheat and they're going to do anything they can to take this away from us and you know what they're doing to me i don't know you know you know they put me out of business tomorrow and and, and those losers at atf can high five you know what i'm still rich i still retire i still go on hunts i raise my kids they go to college the I people lose though the people lose yeah the people lose i like i don't lose Mm -hmm. But, you know, m but my employees, my customers, my vendors, everyone else loses. Mm -hmm. I win, you know, and, and if ATF, if, if they force a lawsuit, does Alex win? Do I win? Even if we win the lawsuit, we lose because people at ATF and these regulatory agencies, they're not held accountable personally. They have no skin in the game where Alex, he loses tens of millions of dollars. To me, I'm losing two to three million dollars a month not being able to ship honey badger pistols. I'm not crying. No one should feel sorry for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to have the money, but the individuals that have purchased the guns, who now the ATF deem are felons overnight when they purchased something legal, you know, three months ago, that's what's sad. The erosion of rights of a U.S. citizen mm -hmm. who's not a criminal. That's sad. The regulatory agencies doing these sorts of things to increase their numbers or power or for what it, or what I believe in this case is a political reason. You know, mm -hmm. the election is less than a month away. This isn't accidental. No. Uh, yeah. um, Alex, you, did you want to jump in? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll just I mean, I'll, I'll add to that. I think what Kevin said is is it's. It's, I love hearing that from you, Kevin, because it's like you, you and I, I think we see things eye to eye because it's like for us, I would be I'm fighting right now for this. But not for me, because the Bosco family, we're fine. You know, we're going to be OK. It's OK. But we've got, you know, 15 people in our warehouse who work their asses off. OK, not to talk about the back office, Jeff, uh, Amy, Jessica, Matt. Uh, Kevin, all these people, John, that are working their butts off to make sure that we do what we do and that our product goes out. Like I'm doing this for them. And when I think about them, it's not just them because that's kind of like the incarnation of all these two A people. Mm -hmm. And Kevin's right. Like I didn't care about the, the, the bump stock issue, but what I cared about was that uh, by presidential decree, you stopped something from happening. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was wrong. Yeah, and, and, you, we, and you made a piece of you made a piece of polymer into a machine gun separated on its own from a firearm. Well, 
Well, it's worse than that. It's worse than that because the ATF, the regulatory agency, based on law, decided that that piece of plastic that you're talking about didn't fit the description of a machine. And so, I mean, I, I've got my beef with, with the White House. I've got my beef with the NRA. Um, I will tell you not to not to uh, you know disparage the NRA too much. Of all the people that should have been reaching out to me, the NRA was the last group of folks that I was going to think that would reach out to me. The NRA has stuck their necks out. Now, we can have an entire show about things that we hate about the NRA, okay? But Jason Wiemit, Josh Savani, and a few other folks at NRA have stuck their necks out for us, and they're out there now trying to turn this thing around. So I've a shout out to them. I, again, this is not to take away from all the stuff. We can air you know, our dirty laundry on the show if you want to, and I'll, and I'll take part in it. Thank mm-hmm. It because I have my own beef with them. Mm-hmm. But what they've done is they've been the only people to come out. You think some of the people that are riding on our coattails would have come out and, and say, oh, well, we're making braces that are different than yours, but similar, and maybe we'll come and help you. Nobody came out and called me and said, hey, let's let's try and do something to, to work against the ATF. SIG, do you think they picked up the phone and called me and said, hey, you know, let bygones be bygones. Let's work out something to fight against the NFA, the NFA and the ATF. Nothing. No, how, but. how did the so mm. having you having both of you guys on uh, and Walter and Walter as well. Walter, you've been in the firearms industry for a while. Kevin, you know you're like that guy that seems to people probably that you're overnight success, but I know that represents a lot of work, uh, hard work, right? Um, you know, oh, same, man. same thing for Alex. Like, how, how the hell is the firearms industry like this? This is what I want to ask you guys: How is the firearms industry this messed up? And it, or is it just like every industry in America is this messed up and they don't go to bat for each other? I would bet that's true. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm a 27 year overnight success. I'm mm-hmm. dedicated 46. My yeah. entire adult has been fully dedicated to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I deserve everything I've received, you know, good and bad, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think people are jealous and people are assholes. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about it um i do not like a lot of people in the industry mm-hmm. you know i didn't get in the industry to make friends i didn't get in the industry to be an executive i didn't get in the industry to own a company like i love innovation that's what i love mm-hmm. you know and there's people in the industry that you know the second amendment and that's more of their thing and i of course love that mm-hmm. but i love the innovation um but I don't think it's any surprise. I bet in every industry is full of jackasses. Like, so what? People. But this is the time. The problem is because of politics. You know, it's like when we talk about firearms, and we can all, you know, quote the stats probably. And when it comes to children, oh, we're trying to keep children safe. Well, okay, fill in all your swimming pools. That kills more kids. But it's not a partisan issue. You know, firearms are a partisan issue. Probably why it's it's such fire all the time. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't necessarily get along or have a lot in common with gun people other than they're into guns. Um, I, I, I bet that it's probably not very different than any other industry. But but it is sad that we wouldn't all come together for this. Like mm-hmm. to, to me, um, you know, I call people out. I call companies out. I want to be the best. I'm driven to be the best. And I don't like a lot of half-assed stuff that happens in our industry. And I call people out. But so- when it 
Let me just say something though, Kev, because I want to ask you a question. It's I know we're live, and I'm, but I'm just thinking about it now. Uh-oh. But what was that you were drinking, Alex? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's it's, it's uh, bourbon. But oh, okay. let me because I I I know, and I know you're I know you heard how you're going to answer this question, but I'll bet you if some of the enemies in this industry came to you, not enemies, but people you don't get along with, came to you and said, "Look, bygones be bygones. Let's fight this together." You'd be the first person to say, "Okay." And let all of that stuff just go under the bridge. Oh, yeah. I don't – I mean to me, I get so much bullshit. because, and, and I don't know why people are so interested in my personal life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would be the first one to do it. Like we can disagree all the time. We can fist fight. It's over when it's over. Like w- with my woman, like we have an argument. It's over. It's over. I don't hold a grudge. So – but when it comes – uh, you know, for instance, I will tell you, someone that reached out to me, and I got a lot of respect for him now, the Iraq veteran, 8888, whatever. Eric. Eric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he said some stuff about my company and maybe me, but definitely one of our guns. And he even, he even prefaced it with saying, this isn't my personal experience, but I heard this. And he said a bunch of dumb shit, which was incorrect. It lacked um, credibility, fact. It was just all wrong. And I had a problem with it. I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care if you have an honest experience with my products and you state that. But when when anyone, especially in the media, states something that they don't have firsthand knowledge of and it's rumor, it pisses me off if it's wrong. And I called him out and I called him a dumbass and I called him like <laughs> guy of firearms and all this stuff, mm-hmm. which is felt at the time. Mm-hmm. And I want to give him props because he is one of the few people in this industry that when this happened, when I said that about him, he sent me a message and said, water under the bridge. This is bullshit. Anything I can do to help you, you let me know. Awesome. One of my, one of my favorite people in our industry now. That that That's a man right there. That's man and, and shit. I, that's what I was going to say to you. That's how we're supposed to roll as men. I could tell you as a YouTuber or whatever crazy category people want to put me in, I say a lot of stupidness every day. Huh? Creator. <laughs> Creator, whatever. Influencer. I know there's some tri- uh, like controversy right now out there floating around about uh, <laughs> um, influencers or whatever, right? Uh, yeah. None of us are perfect. We are men. What we have to do is be able to own up to stuff. And if we can't, if we can't get together to fight, I feel like the firearms industry is on an island. So yes, there's other industries. They all have people in it. People do, you know, stupid things to each other and all that. But the firearms industry is on an island, and it, almost everyone out there is the enemy. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Alex and I can sue the ATF, and we probably should. Mm-hmm. Wrong, they're being assholes, and they're knowingly doing something that is illegal and incorrect. And it just hurts us. And to me, Alex loves his employees. I love mine. They are second to me, though, to the people who spend their hard-earned money on our products. Like, those people are to be honored first. We should take care of them. However, if Alex and I spend two and a half years suing the ATF, and it'll cost us millions of dollars. The lost sales to both of us will be tens of millions of dollars. Like, what do we win if we win? You know, like I said earlier, like no one in the ATF, no skin in the game. It's not going to cost them a penny. They'll probably get a promotion. Well, they're you know? using the people's money to fight you, which is always uh, endless, I guess. Yeah. And Alex and I have probably paid more money in taxes than, you know, millions of other people put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
you know, so they should have to have skin in the game. Regulatory should. But what I'm saying there is mm-hmm. the entire industry should support us because if SIG has sold three to 400,000 guns with braces, what's that cost them if they can't sell them anymore? Yeah. And you know, that's right. an example. Absolutely. And back when this thing with the bump stock was happening, the entire industry should have supported that instead of leaving them out there as a sacrificial lamb. Let's not forget about the companies that were making things and either went out of business or went close to going out of business and had to lay off fire and all that kind of stuff, employees. I know there was stuff that was uh, taken and destroyed and all that, right? And that fight's uh, still ongoing, but, and, and, and I'm not trying to single anyone out, you know, basically as an industry, you know, the industry just let those guys get flushed. Yeah, and I think, though, like the one thing I would say is that, and again, I, I disagree with what happened with bump stocks, and I've said this on other shows before. Mm-hmm. There, I think we need to have an intellectually honest, open conversation, though, about uh, about volume of fire. So in the sense of the bump stock, there was – you can have the conversation that it's a force multiplier, okay, mm-hmm. amongst us. Amongst the community, it's a force multiplier because you have something that shoots more bullets than other. Now, I think it's more inaccurate. I think it's silly that the ATF banned it because I don't think it fits the definition of machine gun. But if you want to have an intellectually conversation as ATF, as the regulatory agency, you can talk about that with the government. Okay, Mm -hmm. and the government needs to make those decisions with respect to Kevin's case. Again, I'll go back to what we started saying at the beginning of the show. What's the force multiplier? If I take the brace off of his gun, how is his gun any more or less lethal? Now, I'll think about Diane Feinstein's website. <laughs> and on her website, it says that she wants to ban braces because it turns an assault rifle into, assault, into an assault pistol by making it more accurate. And I believe it's the first time in history that a politician <laughs> – has attempted to ban something because it makes a gun safer to shoot. So mm-hmm. I don't know where we're at. I don't know where we're going. I think Kevin's on a roll when he says that we all need to stick together, and I think mm-hmm. that's great Eric, to reach out, and all of us need to be doing that. Yeah. Let bygones be bygones. Let's stick together and fight this crap. Yeah. Uh, Walter, did you want to interject something here? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I'm— well, I was, when when braces first came out, I I stayed way far away from them mm-hmm. because I figured it wasn't going to be very long and they were going to be gone, mm-hmm. right? So then as it kept going and going and going, and we started making some stocks, regular stocks, and we make regular stocks and we make uh, brace type stocks too. I I or braces, they're not a stock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I said, what the hell? Everybody else is. And at that time, the gun industry, you couldn't give away an AR-15. Let's let's be real about what happened. You couldn't give away an AR mm-hmm. at a certain point. So the major manufacturers had to go brace because it made it cooler. You know, it gave that it gave that person that wanted that SBR something similar without the paperwork and the weight. So everybody jumped on board. Everybody's making all the big guys, all the small guys. Everybody's putting a brace out of some sort, shape, size, yours, whose ever, you know, everybody's. Now, you know, as a result of that, there's jillions of them out there. I don't know what the exact number is, but um, and um, you would think that people would be all fired up. But I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. 
You know, I haven't seen the populace fired up about it. Mm-hmm. Not yet, anyways. So, and then ATF just let it all go. You know, they let it go. You know, let's just see that. Obviously, they had a plan. They had a bigger plan. Because um, didn't they tell you, Alex? I remember a month or two, three months ago, there was some stuff about braces out. And I think you said that everything is cool. And, and, and I mean, I'm making it, I'm simple. I'm making it real simple what I'm saying here. But that they weren't, you know, they were, they, they, everybody was good. And all of a sudden, boom, it ain't good no more. So I just. I, I, right. You're right. Essentially, I think it was Matt Gates who had found out about it and he posted something online about it. He wrote a letter to ATF saying, listen, you know, we hear some noise about you guys wanting to talk about braces. You know, um, we were talking about about the numbers. We've our company alone. I don't think it's a it's a secret. We've sold three point five million braces. That's just us. Okay. so. I, I can see ATF wanting to talk about it and have a discussion about it, but that discussion needs to lead back to the 2017 discussion that I brought to them, suggesting to them that the industry needs standards under which it can work to be able to develop the next braces. And those standards need to come from the 15 different types of braces that they've approved from then in 2012 Till the last time they approved a brace, the last one I saw was 2019. Mm-hmm. There's 50 different braces in the middle. Right. So yeah, that's how I come up with that. Walter, I don't know if I if I if that kind of answers some of what you were saying, but you know, it's exactly that. Yeah, three months ago they were talking about it, but six months before that they were also talking about it. Yeah, there's always right. been rumors from the very beginning that the ATF wants to do away, or someone at the ATF wants to do away with the braces. There's always been that. You know, um, the thing that we all keep missing in here is that this is set like the 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 first use of the brace is for people that um, cannot otherwise use. That's my uh, other that's my other point here is what about and I'm not I'm not trying to make belittle anybody, mm-hmm. but there's that thing called, you know, the people with disabilities act stuff, you know, where you got to have ramps and handles. ADA. That doesn't when you take that away from that doesn't apply anymore. It, so th- that's a great point, Walter. And the one thing that I always told ATF is shouldn't the first, the most important thing about whether deciding something is or is not a brace, shouldn't it be its ability to be used as such? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't that it's be intent- the most important thing? Mm-hmm. And it's if intended it is, purpose, yes. Right. And if it is, okay, Shouldn't that be covered under the American Disabilities Act? And and the answer to both of those questions is absolutely yes. Yeah. The problem is is that the ATF is an agency that that looks at something and decides under their firearms and technology branch whether it is or is not a firearm and what type of firearm that may be, whether it be under the Gun Control Act or the National Firearms Act. Mm-hmm. Well, they are not an agency that decides whether something is or is not. And we're thought, and my product is and has always been designed to be an orthotic device. In fact, the person who helped me design it um, is the chief orthotist prosthetist at the VA hospital locally here in Florida. Mm-hmm. He's a buddy of mine who I went to college with, and he designs orthotic devices at the VA hospital. And that's who I sat down with. When I first came up with the idea, I said, hey, Help me design this thing. Like, what do you think? How do you think it should be? 
you know, and this was my idea. And I had, I, this was the first one. Remember, everybody remembers it. It was, you know, the first SB 15. Mm-hmm. And I said, you think this is going to work well? And he was telling me, yeah, well, this is the type of material you want to use. This is the durometer. This is the type of rubber you should use. It is an orthotic device. So in all these years, I'd be really curious to know who the orthotist was at ATF that decides <laughs> whether or not this product is or is not an orthotic device. I don't know if that's I a wanna, fight they want to have even. Yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, I think, I, I think we all know how it works at ATF. Somebody said, I don't like that. Yeah. Right. But here's yeah. the it's, it's pretty straight. It's like, I don't like that. Yeah. Or, or in my case, like on my upper, uh, my determination letter is full of a bunch of, you know, that, well, if this is this and this is that and this is that. But there's a point where they go, well, that doesn't matter. They had, they had this thing where it's like, well, that doesn't matter. And it's like, what do you mean it doesn't matter? Do you want to do you want to back up, Walter, and tell these guys exactly what happened with your upper and the ATF, if you can, quickly? Remember, we've uh, Alex has a, you know, Alex has a, like a, maybe, I don't know, like five minutes or something. But if you can tell us real quick. I yeah, in, in a nutshell, Walter, and I, I know what's going on, and I would love to hear it directly from you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just in a nutshell, one day, well, here's it goes. Somebody tried to import an upper from China. Okay, that's it's been imported into Canada under the name Dominion Arms. He tried to import it. This person, we probably might know him. I'm not going to use any names. He imports some stuff from China. Um, he tried to bring it in. ATF said no. He said, what about these? And what about these was our stuff and three or four other companies' person's stuff. So then a letter shows up saying, you might want to get a determination. You might want to submit one for – and right away it's like, well, shit, that means that means they're going to come knocking on the door if, if, or knock the door down if I don't turn one in because mm-hmm. they're going to say I'm selling illegal guns. Mm-hmm. So we did. We stopped selling them. We turned one in. I went to, I went into the den of the wolves you know, in, in Washington with the lawyers. And uh, we met with Mr. Richardson and, and the legal people and the guy from the tech branch. And, and everybody was talking and they're smiling and all that stuff. And then nothing happened. I mean, I, I sent one in for a determination. Of course, it, it took about four, about, oh, I don't know, months because then it was one of those government shutdowns we went through. Right. My stuff was sitting in, in, at the, during the government shutdown. Um, finally, the letter comes or the, or the 12-page letter, I guess we'll say. Um, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I had included a complete upper, lower, everything, because we make single-shot lowers, too. And they even they even modified that to make it work on an AR-15, by the way. Um, so, wait, and they had, actually, they physically <laughs> modified your gun you sent into them so they could fit on, on a... Yeah, they had to tell me that it would work with an AR, and that mm-hmm. it needs to be a serial number, and it already was. Bone, the boneheads had to tell me this. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd always serial number to lower. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and, you know, it was just like I said, it's they consider it because it's manually operated. It has the characteristics of a bolt action rifle in a nutshell. If it was gas operated from the uh, from the firearm firing, mm-hmm. no problem. So I can make a semi-auto upper 50 cal if I could do it. It won't fit on an AR one very well. Mm-hmm. And it'd be, as they say, well, my question was, what about all these straight pull AR-15 uppers that you manually operate? They're not, they're not firearms. <laughs> that is such bullshit. <laughs> I think and, someone's and, just and, making and, up stuff. <laughs> and one of the worst parts is another manufacturer that makes a 330, 338 Lapua upper 
I believe he still sells them out serial numbers. Sure does. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like that. They applied it to everyone that made bolt action uppers. I mean, for years in the competition world, they've had straight pulled um, these straight pull type rifles in 223 and all this stuff for a long, long, long time. They're not that upper is not a firearm for those guys. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it just applies to me and a couple of other people, and everybody else can just. Okay, so have you a nice spent day. you spent money to do all of that. I'm not sure how much money you spent. Why did you? Yeah, you know, I, I I retained a couple lawyers that are mm-hmm. that are in the that are in the Second Amendment world. People know who they are if I say who it is. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we went up there and we met with them in person, did all that stuff. I spent a day in D.C. What a great chore, fun that was. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, in the end, it didn't make any difference. They they had their mind already made up, you know. So why you did know, you Margaret, decide to stop fighting? That's the thing that I'm trying yeah, that I'm trying to get to if here. If I had a couple hundred grand to throw at lawyers in a lawsuit, maybe you'd get something out of it. That that doesn't mean you're going to get. You're, it's not doesn't mean it's going to go your way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be and I, and in the meantime, I wouldn't be able to make them and sell them. So uh, I, mean, I should. Hey mm-hmm. Walter, I'd like to jump. Instead of fighting and worrying about it, you know, and I hate to say this, I should have just started serial number right away. I, I wouldn't have went in. About three quarters of my business went away in a day um, that I normally you know, income wise. And, and yeah. we sell, we make them and sell them now the same way, but they have a serial number on it. Um, so, and then then I asked the question, well, what about all the other ones I've sold already? And it's a couple thousand, maybe you know something like that. No response. Yeah. Nothing. We sent a rebuttal letter to ATF. The lawyers did. No response. You know, they don't have to answer you back. I guess you know, it's like yeah. they do. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Alex, what the uh, and you, Alex is probably trying to get to this. Uh, before yeah. you go, I wanted you to bring up FARC re- real briefly. Uh, obviously, Kevin and Walter and I will talk about it after you're gone. Else, um, is fracking. Frack, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Frack. Yeah. Frack. Yeah, I had questions about that. Too, my bad. My bad on that one. I'm thinking no, about. I'm thinking about the Colombian. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about that Colombian. Uh, well, well, I forgot that. Uh, so yeah. So frack. Frack. So frack. Frack yeah. is Firearms Regulatory Accountability Coalition. It's a mouthful. So we just say frack. Okay. Uh, and and when I hear you talking, Walter, it's like I'm thinking frack. Like I'm just thinking like now more than ever and there's and this is kind of going back to some of the things that kevin brought up earlier that there's not a lot of people out there that that are really helping out and again i call that nra they've been helping us in the past a lot of people didn't know who to go to you'd go to nssf nra goa nagger uh you know fires policy coalition all these people that are out there and i probably missed a few so i apologize for not calling all of them out but these are the people that are supposed to be there to help you right mm-hmm. Walter's here. He's got a problem. Okay. Kevin's here. He's got a problem. There's, there's SB tactical. That's got a problem. There's a lot of companies out there that are running into this kind of issue. And frack was developed specifically for these issues. And what frack wants is for the regulatory agency for our industry, the ATF to operate. And I don't think it's much that we're asking, but after all these years of dealing with it, you'd think, you know, somebody would have dealt with this earlier, but we want ATF to operate in a fair, transparent, and consistent manner, okay, across the board. Businesses deserve fair and predictable regulatory environment. We need that. That's We're such a tra- radical thought, man. I can't believe you're – yeah. The audacity. 
<laughs> yeah, the audacity of your hope was, that they would operate like that. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. was designed for that. You go to frackaction.org. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a new group of people. It's going to be reaching out to a whole bunch of industry members. And I hope, my hope for frack action is that people will let whatever bygones be bygones. And it will be a group. Uh, I want. I would love it for to, to be for somebody from from the NRA, somebody from Firearms Policy Coalition, somebody from from NSSF that gets into this group because this group is the stick. Okay, NSSF, NRA, all those other people. That's the carrot. And those people need to maintain good relationships with people at the ATF. Frack. Not so much. So okay. so it sounds to me like FRAC is an organization that's going to be a pool of lawyers or money or something like that. And when folks like Walter, uh, folks like Kevin run into these kinds of issues, they could go there. Because, you know, the, the government can use your own money against you to destroy you. Right. Right? Right. So, so, so that's the purpose of the organization? That is the purpose of the organization. Okay. The organization will show where all the money is being spent. Mm-hmm. It will have a board of advisory that will look at all of the various in, the incidentals, what's happening to people. And as, a, as an advisory group, it will decide which ones are the most important, things like what happened to Kevin, mm-hmm. things like what's going on to Walter and what's happening to some, several other companies out in the industry. The advisory group will look at that, send it down to a voting group of members. So it's a membership-based organization. And those members will vote to fight for whatever that cause may be mm-hmm. and all the expenses that either the company is getting, paying for, or using are going to be able to be visible on the website so that people know. Because the one thing that I think all of us on this call right now have with respect to NRA and maybe some other organizations is that we don't know where our money's going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frack needs to show people. My money's where- not going to NRA anymore. Yeah. That's what I know. I- so <laughs> I know that. I don't. I don't even open their mail anymore. So I just. Right. Like, yeah. So I, I, again, well, I at wanna... the same time, I appreciate like that they came to bat for you. Okay, that's what they're supposed to do. Right. Um, right. And unfortunately, right. in these times, like with what's going on right now in politics and lots of other things, the NRA's kind of uh, missing in action because of other things that are largely on them. But I, I think it's good to hear that they're still out there and they're helping. Right. Because. I think, look, we can't deny, I like GOA, I give GOA money and all that, but I don't think they have the political power to talk to the White House. Yeah, I know that's going to hurt some people's feelings. Yeah. I'm going to say something about yeah. this. You know, Alex brought up a couple people earlier in NRA. What I see from my 27 years being involved with them is you have people that are probably my age and younger, like Josh, who want to do these things and then you 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 have the old order of people you know the old rich white men in there that don't give a shit yeah and you know that's the part that's ruining the nra Mm -hmm. you know they don't care about braces they don't care about silencers they don't care about any of this Mm -hmm. stuff you have the young people there that are enthusiastic they're more relatable to current you know conditions in this nation i believe Mm -hmm. and current product offerings in the industry and they want to protect it, but you know they got layers of people above them that just shut them down every time. And like you know, he mentioned Josh, who's an attorney at NRA, in ILA, and he's great. 
And he wants to do the right thing, and he wants to push forward. He wants to challenge the White House, DOJ, mm-hmm. everyone, you know, ATF. And he gets squashed, I believe, from my perspective. And that's what's sad about the NRA. You know, we, we need we need the Wayne LaPierre's to retire mm-hmm. and go on about their lives. Okay. You know, the world changed, our industry's changed, and we need change within the NRA to be able to effectively support the gun owners of America that are, you know, currently – the ones that are buying guns and participating in this. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, so, Alex, I, I, I'm going to give you a chance to say what you have to say because I know you got to go, man. And I don't want to, yeah. like, you know, I don't want to hold on to you. What, what do you want us to know that, we, you know, we'll talk? We'll talk about you once you're gone. Don't worry. It's like, let's air our, our, our dirty laundry. And I think that's good for the industry and it's mm-hmm. good for me. So, whatever it is that comes out, comes out. I, I think. What I've said, I wanted to say. I think you know what's happening to Kevin is wrong. It's obscene. It's against. It's against everything that is American. What's happening to Walter is the same. It's just obscene. It's it's not coherent. It's not transparent. And most of all, it's not consistent. Let's be consistent. Well, let's get let's get the ATF to put up on their website a list of every single approval and disapproval of all of their determination letters. Why can't we have that? The IRS has that, and they had that because if I don't want to run afoul of the IRS, I can go on their website, I can search their website, and decide whether I want to do something is correct or incorrect. Yeah, they never. Yeah, they never. They never. They never posted. They never made public mine. Nothing. You know, nothing. The only reason we know about certain letters is because we make them public. That's wrong. Uh, if you go to frackaction.org, you can do that. Kevin and Q have done a fantastic job of letting people know where to go. And there's one click links where you can go to and complain to the white house, to the department of justice. Um, you know, and I'm, and like I said, I'm here for everybody. Uh, SB tactical is here for the good fight. Just get in the fight. If there's one thing I have to say, get in the fight. I don't care what you think about me or Kevin or Walter or you Hank or anybody on anybody else. Just get in the fight. Second Amendment rights, that's all we have to worry about right now. I've been a libertarian my entire life. I'll be damned if I'm voting libertarian this year. I can't do it. There's too much at stake, guys. Too much at stake. Well said. Yeah, well said. Thanks so much, Alex. Um, You know, for taking that. All right. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time, man, for for getting into the fight with Kevin. Um, You know, uh, I'm sure you guys have talked about this privately, but uh, I, I really, I'm encouraged to see that there's guys like you in the industry doing it this way. And, you know, you deserve your kudos, Alex. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. I don't want to, I don't want to hold you. We'll do this again. Completely. Thank, Thank you. Alex. Thanks, Thank Alex. You, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Me, uh, okay. Yeah. Big shout out to Alex there. So now it's just me, Walter and Kevin. Nice. Yeah. Just, just uh, get, the three of us. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, go. Well, I just had a 30 second break to uh, hit the head. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, go to it. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, Walter, did you, was there something you wanted to add to this while uh, we're waiting on Kevin? No, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I I, I went to the, the FARC, FARC, it's FARC, right? FARC. Yeah, yeah FARC, I said it. Uh, no, FRAC. Now you're saying FARC, too. Yeah, let's not get frack. this twisted. I just, I just didn't. I went to the, I went to their thing and I looked at the stuff. I didn't. I, maybe it hasn't happened yet, but I didn't see any way that you. Uh, I think it's very new. It's very, very, very new. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'll try to get Lola to put a link for Lola. Can you put a link for Frack in the description? 
of the video, please. Um, and if you guys, no, I, I some, of the, some of the guys how, listening out there, can, I think I, it's it's frackaction.org. Sorry, Walter. What? Right, yeah. How you how you get in? How you join? Or I guess it's not up there yet, or something. No, or. this is all very new. Um, you know, so I think we need a little bit of patience about this, and it's probably, you know, there's a lot of things happening with these guys, so. Um, you know, we'll, I'll definitely spend time getting back to you guys about frack and, and talking about it in the future and all that kind of stuff. I think we all need to do whatever our part is, right? So someone like me, I need to do my part, this, get, get that yeah. kind of stuff out to you guys. We need folks to, you know, put some money into that. Uh, we need the industry to get behind it and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And all of us to pull together and use our resources, um, to, to make this a useful tool for everyone that's out there. Go ahead, Walt. No, well, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's kind of sad that the, uh, the the big gun companies that have been selling these brace equipped guns for years and years and years aren't active or involved. Like I guess they figure that somebody else is going to fire the. I mean, some of them are scared of their shadow. To be quite mm -hmm. honest, with you to make a stance in any kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, they they never have. You know, they're like, oh well, well, I'm scared. Somebody might think bad of me. Oh, oh, it's like you know. Yeah. Oh. Well, what do you got? I mean, in reality, it's this little bitty fraction of of that that make the mo most noise. Um, but yeah, I mean, and if they got out there and got out in the forefront of it, and then, and actually, you know, promoted it to their customers, then their customers would get involved. Because a lot of people don't even know this is going on. To be honest with you, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't pay attention to all this stuff. And you would think they're everybody's uh, following all this stuff on the internet, but. They're really they're really looking at the girl on the motorcycle, and they're looking at the they're 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 looking at the guy blowing stuff up with the gun. They're not looking at the political stuff. You know, you heard people say this, Hank. Well, I don't like politics. I don't like politics. You know, and it's like you better like it. If you're a gun guy, you better get involved. Better yeah, you better you better wake the hell up. You know, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Go ahead, Kevin. No, I was gonna say I, I agree and disagree with that. I think mm. my opinion. In my experience with business is you probably have a lot of big companies who you have legal counsel and you have compliance telling them to stay quiet. Mm -hmm. And that's great for the short term, but if we want to retain our rights and you want to stay in business, um, you know, you got to put up a fight and you got to make a stand. Like for me personally, I probably have between the company and personally 15 attorneys and okay. I spent millions of dollars in attorneys. And I have great attorneys and I listen to them, but their job is to advise me. My job is to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And if you run a big gun company and you're letting the attorney <clears throat> or anyone else, compliance, HR, make your decisions for you, you're doing it wrong. And I think it's very common. My experience with Remington and SIG, I, I, I saw that bleed into places it shouldn't bleed into. You know, the executive staff when I started at SIG was six people. And when I left, it was probably 25, 26 people. And that became what it was. You know, you got HR, you got compliance, and you got your attorneys making your decisions for you. The company just can't be successful and make good decisions doing that. And I hate that. Yeah, it can't. Uh, it's difficult when something's uh, basically running by committee. Um, you, yeah, your story. I've always wanted to talk to, talk to you about all this stuff, Kevin. I, this is not a good time. Yeah, maybe... Maybe in the future we'll, uh, you know, we'll have you back on here, you know, if you, if you don't think we're too horrible. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get some of the background 
Because um, you're, you know, you're like, I heard about you at first with just people talking about, man, this guy's, you know, it's amazing what happened. It was at this company, it went to this company, everywhere it goes, everything's awesome. You know, but I know, I know it's deeper and more than that. So, uh, one of the things I wanted to uh, deal with is I know that when you, you were saying that we were talking about this uh, the other day here on the podcast, and I think we said some, we, uh, we, we said some wrong things that maybe we wanted to address. Uh, you know, what, what was that? What were your uh, issues? Well, I, I heard some of the stuff, and mm-hmm. I, I think the things that either Walter thought, uh, that Walter thought or he, he heard mm-hmm. um, that we had advertised, you know, the, the arm brace as a loophole mm-hmm. and that we did it as a stock. And, you know, we've never posted anyone uh, holding the arm brace to the shoulder, firing the gun. We don't market it that way. We build tons of SBRs. You know, our business is really split, mm-hmm. unlike companies that build arm brace guns where they only build arm brace guns. They don't build SBRs. You know, I've always been involved in NFA in class three, and my business has always been, um, you know, around that. Um, And I think we waited until we did an arm braced gun. And and our uh, Honey Badger pistol is a pistol. That's what we designed it to be. That's what we market it to be. Um, You know, and, and there's things too, like, Look up the definition of stock on the ATF website, what a stock is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they can say, oh, well, your your arm brace is viewed as a stock. Well, by ATF's own definition on their website, and I, they have a 1911 pistol, and the pistol grip itself, they um, the technical definition of that is a stock. Mm. Um, you know, so we're conscientious about this. Uh, we, we weren't, you know, one of the, the, the first to subscribe to the arm brace. You know, we didn't do it the first year. We were in business at uh, Q. We didn't do it until later in 2017. And, and when I was an executive at SIG, we'd been doing the arm brace since 2012 or 13. Um, so that was just my issue with the first episode and some of the things that were said. Okay. I, 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 re- I saw, I read that somewhere. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't remember where it was, but I, I read that someplace and I was like, well, I, I, I know myself, if I, w- if I was making a complete uh, uh, firearm with the brace, I wouldn't advertise it as such, you know, not to use it as a brace, because to me, you're kind of poking the bear. I, I agree with that. But, you know, I also read an article today. Uh, well, an article. I, I, there was an article posted about me today and there were several comments saying I was a felon. And I couldn't possess firearms. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Yeah. No, I, it's got to be tough to be in your position, Kev. I know, Kevin, excuse me. I don't want to call you Kev. I, I call someone else's, their name's Kevin, Kev all the time. So my apologies. Come uh, on, man. I, yeah. I, you know, the nature of what we're doing here is a podcast, and there's so much news and all that kind of stuff uh, going through, and we're just giving our opinions of everything. And you know the thing about opinions. <laughs> it's just like assholes. Everyone has them. We, we could definitely yeah. be that. <laughs> You know, we could definitely say the wrong thing. What I try to do is like own up to to what it is, try to correct it. You know, when we know stuff is correct, and uh, you know, if I, I understand from your point of view how it's tough when you're like getting hit from all sides and everyone's just got opinions on what's happening with you. Yeah, no, and you have that reputation, and, and so I respect you for that. Mm-hmm. You know, me as a man who makes mistakes every day. You know, I make more mistakes probably than I make correct decisions. And that's just mm-hmm. part of life. Like mm-hmm. we're growing, 
morning, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're faced with, with the facts, then, you know, then that shows what you are. And, and I always reserve the right to correct my beliefs or my statements because I learn every day. That's part of me being probably like Walter too, into innovation. We want to change things. We want to improve things. We want to build things. Mm-hmm. I far more than I love anything else in the industry. My passion is innovation and product innovation. That's what I love. Mm-hmm. And I love marketing. And I'm probably good at both of those things. Everything else, I'm not great at. And I make mistakes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's okay. But I also take it, you know, I mean, I also realize for whatever reason, people are polarized by part of my life or business and mm-hmm. my personal and I take a lot of criticism and a lot of cheap shots. You know, I have a lot of the anonymous people on Instagram and social media message my children and say stuff. Oh, that's that's pathetic. Yeah, that's uh, way across the line. Yeah, and my, my kids now are, you know, I've been a single dad most of their lives and I've raised them. And, and they're all a year apart and they're all in, getting in their mid and late teens now and they all get it and they don't care. Um, but it's pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, but y- y- you know, I take issue with people that do things anonymously and I don't like even within our industry, other gun companies, when they, uh, spend a lot of money on marketing rather than engineering or innovation. And they claim things that aren't correct about their products that bothers me. And the reason it bothers me is because I put tons of effort into that because I want to give our consumer the best possible experience. Mm-hmm. And when someone else just lies and markets and spends marketing dollars and the products aren't really what they say. I take, I take issue with that mm-hmm. and I call them. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes wrong about that and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Listen, it's, it's, and, I, and I think it's even worse than that one. I think it's terrible that someone would go after your kids. Um, you know, but yes, people, I don't know what is the need that, uh, people feel that they have to get to you through someone else. Right. I think I've seen the same thing happen to me and Lola, people who want to go after Lola, uh, you know, to hurt my feelings. Um, and, and I get it. I just don't think it's a very manly or human thing to do. You want to get at me, get at me, you know, uh, sad, pathetic, you know, I get called an ass or whatever all the time and I speak my mind, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's not generally who I am in my personal life, but people who would post something anonymously or message children, mm-hmm. the people that I would respect in my personal life. So I would be an asshole to them because I'll call you out or I'll slap you in the face. You say something like that to me mm-hmm. in front of me. You yeah, know, it's a uh, I grew up like that, too. Like you, you have to be careful what you say to people because you will meet them. <laughs> Yeah, you will meet them in the real world. But I notice there's a like we were talking about people in the industry. I I notice there's a lot of those same people that they meet you in the real world. They can't even make eye contact. No, it's a lot of that. Like I was raised by a single mom who was very strong and beat the shit out of me until the day I moved out of the house. She did not take crap from me and my brother. Mm-hmm. And I think I was raised that way. And I related a lot to a Mike Tyson quote lately or recently that became like a meme and it went a little viral and it's a picture of him. And it says people on the internet have gotten way too used to being able to run their mouths, not get punched in the face for it. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I'm in a good situation. You know, I raise my kids. They know who I am. They know that I get a lot of this mm-hmm. and you know, it's fine. If that's who I got to be in the industry, like I don't care. I didn't get in this industry to make friends or win a popularity contest 
I got in the industry because I was passionate about it and I love product innovation and I want to produce the best stuff and I want to leave the world and my little niche of the world, which is the small arms industry, a little better than I found it. And I don't think I'm anything special. I think I try really hard and I devote a lot of resource and I sacrifice a lot of my personal life, um, everything I have to do it. And I think anybody could do it if they committed like I did. So I don't think I'm special in that regard. I think I'm special because I'm okay with being uncomfortable and I'm okay with risk and I'm willing to to submit everything I have to this passion of my life. And I found people in my life, whether it's my woman, my children, they accept it. It's who I am. It's, it's how I'm driven. You know, and outside of that, I'm just like everybody else. Like I'm a father, you know, I'm a partner to someone, um, you know, I'm a boss, uh, you know, son to someone. And I answer to people, you know, I own 70% of my company, 30% is owned by investors and we have a board and I'm chairman of the board. And I have all voting rights, but I respect them individually or I wouldn't have let them in. And I answer to them when they ask me questions. So, yeah. You know. And I think one of the things you'll find, too, and I, and I know Walter can, uh, can, uh, can see eye to eye with this. There's also people in the industry that do things subliminally or behind your back, okay. backstabbing, whatever you want to say to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, Walt, you know about some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. a taste of that knife. There's a lot of that with big companies, too, and mm-hmm. I saw that at Remington and at SIG, and it makes me sick. I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. If I say something online, I'll say it to your face, mm-hmm. and if I'm not going to say it to your face, I don't say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you see a lot of that at big companies. You know, when I was at SIG, there were lots of people – you know, that were in their mid fifties, early sixties and big executives at three or four places working their way up. And all they're working on is their, their retirement lake house or mountain house or whatever. And they just want things to be smooth until they're out of there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still young enough at 46 and and I guess it's age, but I want to believe it's passion to where I am all in. When I sold my company to Remington, I was a company man. I wanted to make Remington the greatest company in the world. When I went to SIG, I was fully committed. I didn't work for several years and I decided to go back to work and I wanted to make SIG the greatest company. And I recruited friends and I recruited people I knew could make it great. And we went after the military business. So look what SIG's done in the military market. Mm -hmm. I was fully committed, but I don't mesh well with the rest of the corporate world. Because when you get these guys that are on the brink of retirement and they're just trying to make their bonus. I didn't care about my bonus. The last year I was at SIG, I offered to work for $1 and that I only got my salary and my bonus if we met our goals that I decided upon. No other executive that ran any other part of the business would commit to that. Wow. Yeah. And that committed I was. Like, I wasn't there for the money and I'm not a key for the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like getting a paycheck, but I like being awesome and developing great stuff and having a great team and making an impact. I feel like this is something you can't let go of, and, and sorry for me being rude there. It's Because I, I kind of relate to it. Like I have this conversation with people around me all the time, especially with all the things going on on social media and all that, and, and, and if you're a gun guy. And people are like, why, why are you doing the gun thing, man? Why don't you just do some other stuff? Um, you know, That same energy, you'll do a lot better. And I'm like, I can't let go of this. You know, or it won't let go of me. Whatever it is, it's got a hold of me. And I just feel like I get up every day and I think about this and I'm passionate and, and I could push myself in it. And it would be really easy. The day when I wake up and I'm like this, okay, that's it. 
had enough. I'll be yeah. out. But I haven't I haven't met that day yet. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I was very fortunate in my late teens. You know, I grew up in a city. My parents were liberal. They didn't own firearms. Um, I was exposed to them and instantly fell in love. And I don't know why. And, and I've said it in like interviews and podcasts before. When I knew that I liked women, I was six years old. It was not 80. It was a warm summer day. Wonder Woman was on television. Oh, boy. And I didn't know why I loved Linda Carter, but I knew I wanted one of those. You got the you got the fizzy bubbly feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I know about that. Yeah, I know about that. Yeah. I mean, we all do with yeah. different parts of our lives, but mm-hmm. then the second time that happened in my life was with firearms. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, I didn't grow up with it. Like I was exposed to it, and then I was exposed to silencers, and. I've been driven every day ever since, and I'm just as passionate at 46 that I was at 19. And, you know, at 35, I sold my first company. We had zero debt. I had tens of millions of dollars. And I lost my mind because I continued working for a couple of years, and then I was fired from Remington. And I was miserable. It was the first time in my life I was miserable. You know, like I had three young children, but like I didn't want to take him to school every day and be a you know stay at home dad like, and I didn't understand. It took me a few years to figure out I was a product guy and I loved innovation. Mm-hmm. And now at forty six, going through all those things, you know I know what I love. I love my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I love who I am. I love my partner. I love hunting. I love firearms. And within firearms, I love my work. I love innovation. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's why it's easy for me to ignore all the other stuff. You know, the ATF, what they're doing is illegal. It's wrong. Everyone should be ashamed. They should be ashamed. Everyone should join this fight. Me personally, whatever. They can do whatever. As long as they don't bomb my house, hurt my kids. I don't care. I go on tomorrow to do something else. But everyone else will lose a lot of rights. This, This is a very important fight. But I'm very happy at my my position in life, and I know who I am and what drives me, and that's what I want to do. Okay, awesome. Now, I would be remiss here if I did not ask you, um, since you're mentioning, uh, you know, Remington, uh, you know, Freedom Group, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, how do you feel about the, the news lately of it being broken up and sold and... What's your feelings on who it got sold to, etc.? If you if you if you can talk about that or you want to. Oh yeah, I'll talk about anything. Um, yeah. You know. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, he took that deep breath. <laughs> I I love all my children. Mm-hmm. And advanced was my first child. Mm-hmm. You started it when I was a sophomore in college. Okay. Wow. Um. I believe in what we were doing there, and I believed in it when I sold it to Remington, and I thought it needed to be sold to a major gun company for silencers to become legitimate. Mm-hmm. And, and and most of your viewers, and I don't know how old you are, but you're definitely younger than me. Uh, you probably, I'm, actually, I'm actually 48. How old are you? Bryce. How old? <laughs> I'm 48 years old, man. <laughs> 46. I thought yeah. you were like 30. No, I'm an old dude, man. And I graduated high school in like 1988, so. 92. Yeah. But I graduated um, early. Yeah. But most people didn't understand 
that silencers were even legal at the time when I sold the company. I thought we needed to sell to a legitimate big gun company to make them legitimate. Mm -hmm. And I still would do the same thing today. The problem was, you know, Cerberus and Freedom Group had a bunch of cokeheads running the firearms portfolio and they ruined it. Um, Okay. The sale, you know, they called me about 18 months ago and offered me, so someone they had hired to sell the company. And you think when when I was fired from my position at Advanced Armament under Remington, mm-hmm. um, we I had a sixty month contract to run the company. We made I made my sixty month numbers in twenty six months. Mm. So I'm trying to renegotiate my contract, and they fired me rather than pay me ten million dollars they owed me. Mm-hmm. So they ended up sued them in federal court, and it's all public record. They had mm-hmm. to pay me risk attorney's fees. Mm-hmm. Um, so eighteen months ago. They contacted me and offered me the company for $2 million. So I offered them a million-dollar cash sell, an asset purchase, and they turned it down. <laughs> I didn't hear anything else. It went to auction, mm. and Palmetto State, um, whatever their parent company's name is, J- JJE. Yeah. So they bought it, I think, with three or four other companies, and um, mm-hmm. I don't even know that they meant to buy it. So I've actually talked to them recently, mm-hmm. and I either want to buy the company from them, which my, my kids really want me to do, mm-hmm. or um, I want to help them to make that company successful. Okay. I mean, I, it, I mean, it's a part of my life. Mm-hmm. It's it's what I did the first 17 years of my adult life, and I'd like to see it brought back to somewhere where it was. Um, you know, they obviously just, you know, ran the horse into the ground and took all the profit. They didn't innovate. They still have the same website I built 15 years ago. Okay. Uh, so, so I would like to happen. You'd like to see it happen? I, um, you know, I know some of the guys over at uh, PSA, uh, the owner of, J- of JJE Capital, um, uh, Jamin. I know we're trying to get him actually to come here on the show since this whole thing happened and talk about that. And hopefully we will get him on. But you know what? That's one of the things that I like about you, man, that you're saying you just want to, you know, this is something that you birthed, you know, and you want to make sure that it's successful and and it goes, you know, nowhere except up, you know. That's, that's a good thing. I mean, yeah, I, I want it to be, I want it to work out. I mean, they ran it into the ground. And, you know, you think it was five times the size of Silencer Co. when I sold it. Wow. And now, you know... People half our age, they don't even know what advanced hormone is. Mm-hmm. So that's sad to me. But, you know, it's life. Like, whatever. I let it go, and someone else took control, and they did what they did. Yeah. And, and, you know, the story is not over, though. The story is not over. No. And I, I tell you, one thing that's really great about all this and um, is it makes me look like a genius every time – I leave a company and it fails when it was at the top. <laughs> really easy. Like I make yeah. money. Yeah. But yeah, I want. I would love to own it again. Mm-hmm. If Jamin's not willing to sell it to me, then I'm going to work with him to try to make it successful in a way that it doesn't harm my current company. Mm-hmm. And line I won't cross because this is where I live today. But I will. I will help Advanced Armament all I can. Um, but I'm not going to let it hurt my current company and employees and customers. Understood. Understood. Uh, let me get this in real quick, and then we'll go to some other stuff here. Uh, Military Arms Channel said a little while back, 
He said, Kevin, your Instagram posts are gold. You love ribbing the competition, which is why I say you're masterful at how you market yourself and your products. It's different and it gets attention. So that's from that's from you know Military Arms Channel. Uh, uh, Tim's cool. Yeah, I'm, he's all right. Just, he's all right. I'm. I think I'm older than him too, probably. No, he's fifty-two. Oh, he's fifty-two. Oh, he's an old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah old. To hang it up. <laughs> I mean, I think for me with the competition, you know, it's one thing when whatever it is about my personal life, mm-hmm. I have led a very imperfect life. But I think with business, I've only been successful. Like I am, I am in the top. There's probably 75% of my company that are smarter than me. Mm-hmm. Um, I make tons of mistakes every day, and I'm okay with that. And, and that bleeds into my personal life. I've not mm-hmm. been the, the best father in the world, but I try really hard, and I commit a lot, and I spend a lot of time, which I think is important. Um, but with marketing, you, you know, one thing that it, is people within our industry and customers have become consumed with my personal life, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, whether if I get arrested or whatever's happened in my life. And it's generally all involves my children's mother. And I think most reasonable people, especially if you're older, you've been married and you're a man that has full custody and all decision making for your children, that probably speaks to most people. Mm -hmm. But once your whole life becomes public, there's two ways you can take it, in my opinion. Either it's very upsetting and it's depressing and it causes you stress or it's very freeing and liberating. Mm-hmm. Now, I can do anything I want and it's pretty freeing to me, you know, and to, to me, when it comes to work and the competition, you'll find very few people more honest about their company, their products, their goals, their mistakes than me. And I think that really translates well to a lot of people. And I just think that makes me lucky and fortunate. Um, you know, I'm a consumer. I, I'm, I'm just a person. I am very driven and I'm fortunate enough to have this company and have great employees and have assembled a good team. And I say whatever the hell I want. And if you lie about your products, I call you out. If they compete with me. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, uh, you know, so the, the, the part of the, the personal part of your life, I guess that's like, you know, part of being successful, and other people looking at that success, maybe being envious of it and all that kind of stuff, uh, especially when it's a marketing success, right? It seems like more of us want the fame. I personally would rather have the money and no one knows who I am. I, I, I just think, do, do my thing. <laughs> I think it's far better, you yeah. know. I mean, with advanced armament, I tried hard because um, – by the time it started getting very popular, I started having children, and I wanted to stay out of that. Mm-hmm. And social media was becoming a thing. And um, I made Mike Murs and John Hollister the face of the company. I avoided it. And I think it, to some degree I was wrong with that. Um, but overall, your statement, I think, is right. Like, I want to be able – not even like the wealth. The wealth is great, and I appreciate it. But I want the ability to be free at work and to do things that I want the the fame i don't know like it seems annoying like i can't imagine even with my life like last time i traveled with my kids in the airport i had two people ask to take pictures with me you think our little niche of the world is just firearms Mm -hmm. and people recognize me and my kids are like you're such a dork and they're like (laughs) yeah like who is like have a gun company who cares yeah and 
can't imagine being famous because like you can't take your kids to dinner. You can't do any of that stuff. Yeah. I think you're right. And everyone, everyone doesn't respect that. And I think it's also tough. Like I know, um, I saw my brother go through, and I don't know exactly what your situation is, so I'll be honest with you, but I saw my brother as a man, you know, have a, a, a child, his daughter with someone, um, and what he had to give up and sacrifice in order to be the parent of his daughter, and he gave up a lot of stuff for that. And, and you know, as men, we don't ever get recognized for that, right? Because we're living in a world now where we've gone so far to giving kudos to women, which, uh, okay, I get it. They deserve it, you know. I think women are the most beautiful thing on the planet. You know, if I could only pick one thing to keep, I would keep, I would keep the women, right? But, you know, the, there's men out there that have to make real tough choices and, uh, and, and do really tough things in order to raise their families. Yeah, I think it's difficult. My situation, I had to give up my career for many years. Mm-hmm. And the bright side of that was I had accumulated the wealth to afford me the ability to stay home and raise my children and to really be invested in their lives. And, you know, that's paid dividends in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't, my daughters are never on social media. I don't post them. They don't like it. And people make comments about them. Mm-hmm. My you know, he's on my personal social media all the time. He's half of what I post. I skate with him every day. I shoot with him. I do stuff with him. I'm super proud of him. Um, but, yeah, it was a huge sacrifice to my career. Probably 75% of my energy and time the last 10 years have been dedicated to them. So, you know, if I think selfishly, like, what could I have done professionally had I had, you know, a good partner with them and been able to, to you know, work and you know, be in their life, not 24 hours a day as far as their caretaker, but, you know, portion of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, men, it's always men are the bad guys and it's a huge fight to gain control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very fortunate in that situation to be able to to prove that, establish that and get custody of my kids and be the one that raised them. And, um, you know, I, I've taken it seriously. Like the majority of my life, although you know who I am, the last 10 years, the majority of my life's been being a, a dad. I take my kids to school every morning. I pick them up every afternoon. I fix them breakfast. I fix them dinner. You know, I do all the stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Kids are the most valuable thing that we have. All right, let's get, I don't, you know, I don't want to get super personal there. I, I hope that people will leave kids alone, right? And in, and in the gun community, we should have no respect for people who want to go after people's kids. I agree. Okay. Uh, Walter, what, did you have something you wanted to jump in here with before we, uh, you know, before we go on to some other things with the time? No, we, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can go forth. Oh, okay. I'm good. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so let me see here. What stuff I'm trying to, to, to see what we haven't covered. There's some people uh, I've been putting up some comments from people who say they they have. What was it? Someone said they uh, let me see. Uh, CZ Bundy says my sugar weasel is right next to me between my seat and the center console. That gun lives two places here in this truck and next to my nightstand, the best truck uh, gun and home defense. So thank yeah. you. I appreciate the support. Yeah, not wrong. Yeah, we'll we'll get that out there uh, for the folks. Um, you know, let me see what else. Lola's got. Uh, Lola says, "Will Q consider uh, what is it selling without the the brace slash?" Uh, that was question. Yeah, without the brace. Are you going to consider selling it without the brace? I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. we, we already 
prototype and we thought of that. We have a few options. You know, my, I don't think I could be successful or successful and as fortunate as I've been if I didn't fully commit to things. Mm-hmm. Right now, I am fully committed to the White House and the DOJ doing the right thing and forcing ATF's hands to rescind this letter. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm committed to. And, you know, customers, your listeners, everyone has supported us and we've gained some traction with them. They've suspended the cease and desist. However, mm-hmm. it does not become uh, a full time reality. Yeah, that's one way. I mean, there's 10 ways we can get around this, and that's one of them. And, you know, and the sad thing is, like, I'll sell it without the stock or the brace. I'll sell it for the same price, and then I'll sell the stock and the brace. The great thing for me is I'll make more money, mm-hmm. make a lot more. Mm-hmm. But screws the customer, and and I hate that. But yeah, we're, 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 the honey badger is not going to die because of some arbitrary ATF BS ruling. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Uh, let me just encourage everyone out there to smash those thumbs ups. Okay, we appreciate that. Um, okay, another question that came in: What is Q doing? During the sixty-day waiting period. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. fortunately, we're back ordered over a year on almost every gun we produce, including the Honey Badger, Sugar Weasel SPRs, mm-hmm. and the pistols, but also the fixed rifle, our bolt gun. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're using this time to ramp up uh, our production and operations, accessories, and these other firearms. Mm-hmm. So. That's what we're doing. We, I mean, we actually have hired probably half a dozen people in the last month, mm-hmm. and we'll probably hire another half a dozen in the next two quarters each. Okay. Um, and so I'm not really sure what like what was the decision to led that led to you being. You're in Massachusetts. You're uh, you're in Boston. No. We are not in Massachusetts. So where are you? So we're in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Okay. <laughs> Walk to Massachusetts from here. Okay. But if you're south or out west there's a big states it doesn't really translate very well but mm-hmm. new england a lot of the states are the size of like counties mm-hmm. so uh, from my office i can walk to maine and from my house i can walk to massachusetts so okay. massachusetts being one of the most liberal states in the nation mm-hmm. new Hampshire is the live free or die state that's right. the shirt there you go okay this is why the the motto yeah okay. and um, but we're very close to mass so the importance of all this is New Hampshire does not have its on-field office for the ATF. The closest one and who has jurisdiction over us is the Boston, Massachusetts field office, which is who sent us the cease and desist letter. Mm-hmm. Well, they are incredibly liberal in a horrible state, and that's who sent it to us. It's not New Hampshire. New Hampshire's a live or die state. It's a great state. Um, so that's where we are. That's what's going on. That's who sent us the letter. It sucks. Yeah. What, what was uh, why did you make the decision to live um, there in, in New Hampshire versus like I don't know somewhere in the south or you know was well, there what what had to do with that decision? Well, I'm from the south. Okay. All my companies previously, I'm from Atlanta. That's where I was born and raised. The companies previously were there. Um, never had a problem with ATF. They were wonderful. Move here because I became uh, a division president of SIG which is in um, mm-hmm. Newington or Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And when we started Q, I took, is probably me and 10 other SIG employees, 
we left and started QR Mile down the road. So that's why we're there. It's a great place. SIG is a great company. New Hampshire is a great state. And it was a great way to recruit. And, and probably 75% of our employees come from SIG right now. So mm-hmm. why we're here. Long term, okay. innovation and stuff will probably stay here. But I bet as we continue to grow, you'll see manufacturing something else in a more uh, welcoming state and, uh, you know, ATF field office jurisdiction. So probably somewhere like Tennessee or Texas or Georgia, South Carolina, somewhere like that. Okay. All right. And uh, here's a here's a comment from uh, Military Arms Channel. He says, spend the 60 days trolling the ATF on Instagram. I'll join in. It will be epic. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be epic till doors start getting kicked out, Mac. <laughs> that t- that takes ten minutes a day. You mm-hmm. know the fire mm-hmm. is our, 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 the real fire behind all this stuff. There's a couple things we have to hold ATF accountable, mm-hmm. and I want the public to know because I anticipate there being continuing to be repercussions from challenging ATF, and I want it all to be public. I'm afraid of them just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, ATF, if we mess up, we're held accountable, that's great. I want to learn from it and move on. I want to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, when they mess up, it, it's no one has accountability except me. Mm-hmm. Like, they mess up, like in this instance, it costs me millions of dollars. It doesn't cost Marvin or anybody else. Mm-hmm. The Boston, uh, the attorney in the Boston field office or the, the agent that sent us the letter, it costs them nothing mm-hmm. to mess up. Mm-hmm. to shut business down, to, to infringe on rights, or or to cost employees money. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're going to continue to try to walk that line of getting people involved, holding them accountable, and not having them firebomb my house. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to find... Uh, I'm trying to find your... Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to find your, your Instagram so I, so I could show the post that you put up there today. And let's see, it's it's live, cue, or die, isn't it? Um, no, it's Instagram. It's the underscore official. Oh, underscore the official. That's why I can't find it. The yeah, the official. How are you not following us? I am following you guys. Okay, I fo- look. Okay, watch. I'm gonna put it up on the screen. I'm not pressing any other buttons, and we're gonna go in there, and boom, it says following. It's, it says following. I just forgot to type in the official and all that kind of stuff, right? So it's. Uh, Except you and Walter. Yeah. Which, by the way, oh, you guys posted on there. That's so awesome. Look at that. That's that's a handsome fella. That uh, <laughs> you put you put a thing of me up there. I'm sorry. I got I got uh, <laughs> I got caught up in that. I like this post that you put up there. It looks like it's you in front of uh, the QHQ. Uh, and it says, uh, you got one of the cardboard sign that says, ATF is bracist. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you've got, uh, is that the, is that the honey badger you have there in your hand? Or? Stole the suspect right there. Yeah. Um, and then what is under there? It says, hashtag, don't wake on me, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's no, funny. They, yeah, you know, yeah. Marvin got accommodations for his actions at Waco, which later turned out that the ATF set the place on fire and burned a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have that in my bio there, Marvin, but no. he just too. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I left on a hunting trip last week to Wyoming and my 17, well, he's about to be 17, said, dad, uh, 
don't let them Waco or Ruby Ridge our house, please. And that's like sad. Like I don't even talk to my kids. They don't even care about my work. Mm-hmm. He knows enough to know what's going on. And, and, and obviously to have that, that thought in, in the back of his mind. Yeah. 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 So, so th- then that became funny, but I mean, cause most of these things like bracist and don't wake on me, bro. Those all come from like fans or customers that post mm-hmm. on our Instagram. <laughs> like there's a lot of creative people out there, mm-hmm. but I that was the most fitting. It's like, okay, you got the MPX brace, which was approved. And that's what SB tactical based our brace on. But then you decide our gun is an SBR. Um, yeah. A lot of sense. Yeah, Walter, you always you you always tell me when you went to the ATF that there was a what was the thing you said there was have, a. There have you been Have you been to their uh, uh, place in Washington? Yeah. Okay, so you saw the model of Waco, right? No, I haven't seen that. I haven't been. Oh since. well, they I, they have in their lobby there. They have like the history of the Treasury Department and their and all their little you know uh, prohibition and this and that Miami. You know the drug, the '80s, and all that, and then they have a model of the Waco thing made out of wood. In one of the displays, you know, saying about eight of their agents being killed or something like that, and it was so hard for me to keep. And they were, I had to bite my tongue not to say, "Well, why isn't it burned?" <laughs> I mean, it is sad. I mean, to me, the loss of human life ever for something unnecessary like this, or especially Waco, how pathetic and just terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, it seems it seems just horrific that you would celebrate prohibition or Waco or any of these things in any regard. It's a, it's a tragedy and it's stupid and it costs lots of innocent civilians and and government officials. Like I'm sure all those ATF people, um, you know, the people following orders are probably good people and didn't mean harm. And it's sad. Like they're all husbands or you know mothers or fathers or sons or whatever. It's tragic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Max says they're so proud of Waco for some disgusting reason. Um, this is the reason why uh, the ATF doesn't need to exist. It's hard to argue with that. Like, Waco was such a tragedy. And, you know, the idea that we have just intolerance of, of people who are different mm-hmm. or that we don't stand and that you got to go in and firebomb the place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let me see here. Someone, uh, this is, let me take this question. Someone said, how many $200 tax stamps money has been sent out? So is anyone taking you up on the offer? Because I think you said that if anyone wants to go SBR, you guys will send them. That's correct. Well, we are. We're going to, for everyone who has a honey badger pistol, once they get an approved form one, mm-hmm. we send them a $200. So obviously no one's gotten an approved form one yet because it was like a week ago we announced this. Mm-hmm. But Every single person that has a honey badger pistol, they choose to form one it, no matter what ATF, how they flip flop within the next 60 days. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to reimburse you for your tax. So every single person that does it will get their money back. Everyone. All right. Very good. And in what time we have left here, I would be remiss if I had you on and we didn't talk a little bit about the future. I don't know if, Walter, if you're thinking about this, but... What kind of, like, you know, can you give us a little insight on what you're thinking would be cool? You know, someone who likes to innovate outside of this, you know, come on, give us some kind of teaser, man. I mean, the things that I want to do before I'm done working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we were working on the next 
generation gas gun. We're starting with like a 7.62 size gun because it's easier to scale down than up. Mm-hmm. And we put that on the shelf right now mm-hmm. um, because of the election. You know, when we started Q in the spring of 2016, we were all convinced Hillary would get elected. Mm-hmm. And so bolt gun first because it's one of the last things that would be banned. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, we were wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so we shelved that and we're working on um, our family of rimfire guns now, which I love rimfire. I love shooting. And it might not be the sexiest thing to a lot of people, but I think it's important. And we don't have a lot of great rimfire guns made in the U.S. So that's what I'm focused on right now. But the gas gun's still there. I want to do a shotgun and a silent shotgun. I want to do a handgun. I want to continue to innovate silencers. And we have a full line of accessories, including triggers and bipods and things that will be released in the next year or so. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Walt, did you – go ahead. Like we did 300 Blackout, mm-hmm. Ethan and I, another engineer did. And uh, we're, we're about to bring 8.6 to market, which – 8.6 is basically a 338 bullet and a shortened 6.5 Creedmoor case. Hmm. It's just like 300 Blackout's big brother. So 300 grain expanding subsonic bullet and 155 grain supersonic that with our fast twist barrel out of a 12 and a half inch barrel has more muzzle energy than a 20 inch 308. It's hmm. like super and subsonic and gas guns and it's great for bolt guns with a pistol brace because you can have a 12 and a half inch barrel. So uh, we're kind of involved in everything now except optics, and we're designing reticles and stuff for the new cartridge, and we work with some of those companies, but we're not fully engaged in that. And um, you what know, what does a Q optic look like, man? I could just imagine the colors. You know, for uh, it's so weird because we are different, but mm-hmm. we never start out with anything to be different. It's we always want to be better and innovate. And inevitably, it turns out different. Just like the clear anodizing on our firearms, we don't do it to be different. We do it because it's the best. And some people, you know, it doesn't translate to them, and that's okay. But we're out there to be the best. You know, like uh, 70 years ago, German engineers building race cars, they didn't paint cars because it added 5 to 10 pounds to the cars. Mm-hmm. What they did was polished them mm-hmm. so they were very smooth. And it saved weight, and that was a responsible decision from an engineering perspective. And that's the way we try to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I named it Q. I didn't name it Q Firearms. I named it Q because we're going to go wherever it takes us. Like wherever we're, we're, wherever we're drawn, wherever our passion goes, that's where we're going to go. And whether it's, you know, I don't know, tennis shoes, headphones, firearms, boats, we're going to do whatever we want. That's cool. Some Len Holt was just asking, how did the name get chosen, Q? Because I picked it. Because I pay for everything. <laughs> okay. So it, does it, is there a special meaning uh, to Q? or? Yeah, there secret? actually But no one knows it, and I've never said. No one other than me knows it. But, you know, the idea, the real idea behind it was I had Advanced Armament Corporation, and I had that for 17 years. I had to deal with that. And... I saw things like Oakley or Nike and companies that had icons, and I wanted an icon as a name so we can embroider it small, so we can mark parts very small. And I wanted something ambiguous. It didn't say firearms. And I wanted something that looked good. And 
to me, it was just more of a marketing thing and a simplicity thing and where I could have an icon that was also our name. So it was just to make things very simple. Okay, very cool. Uh, let's see here. And, um, you know, on the subject of suppressors, right? Uh, something yeah. I discovered lately is the, uh, what is it called? The Universal Sus Suppressor Standard. Have you heard about that? So basically, no. like the back end, I think uh, I think uh, Silencer Co. has it. Uh, uh, Yankee Hill Machine has something like that. Dead Air Griffin Armament in the back end. It's 1.375 uh, 24. So you can, so, you know, oh, not only yeah. the adapters that they make, if other people make adapters to that thread pitch, then you could change things around there. What do you think about that? Or have you ever thought about the whole um, cool. universalizing of... Of the uh, so a, standard, a standard. A standard, standard, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Co started using that originally, and we make a product called the Plan B, mm -hmm. which mounts into all the rear of these. It takes our cherry bomb muzzle brake. Mm -hmm. I think it's stupid. Really? I think, yeah, it, it, it's like, to me, I want to be the best. I'm not trying to do everything. I want to be the best at whatever I do, the absolute best. And, you know, it's like... Um, for instance, I have a Suburban right now, and I have a Tesla Model S P90D. Okay. So my Suburban is great when I take all of my kids snowboarding. We can fit all our crap in there, me and my woman, all the kids, all the stuff. Mm -hmm. fits everything. If I want to go to a track day or I want to go to New York for the weekend, I take the Tesla. Mm -hmm. It's like one thing doing it all is stupid. When is ever a compromise? Great. Like HK, who is a wonderful firearms company that I love and admire, their slogan is, in a world of compromise, some don't. Which it used to be, some men don't. But then they got politically correct. And okay. Some don't. Uh -huh. And the same thing. It's like when you have that threaded rear mount, you have a tolerance stack. You have that threaded junction. It's much weaker than welded. It has to be heavier. You don't get the alignment, the accuracy you do out of it if it's a, a standardized mount that is welded in the silencer that attaches to your muzzle device. So I think it's a joke, but I think most consumers probably don't understand think it's good. Okay. All right. That makes sense. What do you think about that, Walter? Uh, <laughs> Thomas, that's a simple, a good answer, I think, right? Makes you think. Come on, Walter. <laughs> well, once one side of me says yes a standard the other side of me I, I get what you're saying on the other side yeah because you know if one if one guy's can doesn't fit right on that standard thing then it's you know it's not going to work right so yeah know, i don't know um yeah the idea i i don't think one suppressor could do it all i think if you want it you probably you'd have to split that up to three at least no you dedicate a silencer to every firearm okay you know, just like I have three cars, and they're all for different specific purposes. Oh, okay. It's probably like a lot of other things in my life. Like I wear flip-flops, I wear sneakers, and I have boots for the winter. I don't have one. You know, are you going to wear boots like Napoleon Dynamite every day of the year? Like you're like a okay, freaking idiot. You're sweating. It's dumb. Okay, if you want to put it that way, Kevin. All right. No, it makes sense. I get it. what you're saying. Yeah. Just suppress, like one suppressor for every gun. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think every gun should just come suppressed, man, in the first place. I agree with you. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. But you know, that's a whole other. That's like a whole well, other deal. You know, a gun is the only thing in America that makes a lot of noise. It makes enough noise to damage your hearing where it's not mandated by the government that it has a muffler on it. Mm -hmm. Like your 
you can't go i don't know what you drive but you can't go buy it without a muffler mm -hmm. you can't go on more without a muffler a weed eater anything that makes a lot of noise has to have a muffler mm -hmm. absolutely Make yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I drive an Audi R8, by the way, just a little, just a little, oh, brag. a little, brag, little bragging, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, when I'm making money, I'm gonna get one of those. Oh, <laughs> right. See, we're we're the opposite. I have the money, and I have it. You probably have the money to get it. Uh, listen, what do you think about the before we get out here? We we, we finally wrap up. What do you think about the uh, Tesla Cybertruck? I'm on the list. So, what do you think? Stupid. Cool. No, Walter thinks stupid, but it goes back yeah, to what you just said. Like it's a, it's, it's a marketing, it's a marketing game. Well, also look, they're not going to paint it right. That's going to save, like like you were just saying, it's, it's going to save some weight. This, I think, there's good things about it. But what do you think, yeah. Kevin? I like and don't like. Like I'm an average looking fella. Okay, you can probably see that. So when I started driving a Lamborghini because I was balling and making millions of dollars. It was amazing how good looking I got when I went to the game. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful woman would want to ride in my car and date me. Um, I don't like the attention of that anymore. And, you know, me having the Tesla Model S P90D, fastest production car there is, zero to 60 in 2.4 seconds, can haul seven adults. It weighs 7,000 pounds. It's incredible. I love the technology and supporting that. With that said, the Cybertruck. I like that they didn't give a shit about the looks. What I don't like is it looks so different that you stand out. Like I've always, from 2010 till 2019, I drove Ford Raptors because I had a farm and it was a useful vehicle to me. But Raptor now is super cool and guys have it because it looks neat and it's different. I don't like that it looks different. So I try to drive basic looking cars now that are awesome for what I need. So the Cybertruck, I'm very excited because after I got the Tesla, I will say that the Tesla is the most impressive vehicle I've ever owned. And I've owned supercharged Range Rovers, Lamborghinis, Ferraris. You've had Porsche. no fitment issues or anything like that, like crazy gaps and all that stuff people complain about? Oh, good. The car is so good. It is <laughs> so good. Okay. And, um, you know, and I bought mine used because, you know, I'm thrifty because I don't ball like you, Hank Strange. Uh, mine, is so, used, mine is used, too. Mine is a, a used Volkswagen. That's what I call it. <laughs> but I bought but, a new uh, one. I got in so much trouble with Lola that I'm like, I'm done with it. I'm over it now. No more new cars for me. I'm done with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind. Like my Suburban was new, but it was $53,000. So I didn't care. But, um, you know, my car is a 2015. It has the newest batteries in it. But it was $140,000 new. It had 21,000 miles. I paid 57000 for it. I got it for my woman. And we both love it five times as much as we thought. Okay. So the Cybertruck, I think, has the potential to be awesome. But I also do, like, actual off-road at my farm. So if my car weighs 7,000 pounds, I don't know how much that weighs, but it could weigh a lot more. It's going to be more difficult to be a good off-road vehicle. Mm -hmm. But I, I support any new technology and people trying new stuff. So I'm down with it, I guess. Yeah, I'm on the list. I'm on yeah. the list. I'll see. I don't. Are you on the list? I'm not. Not on the list. You're gonna get it used. Man, I don't buy. I don't ball like you. Like I'll buy it when it's used. Pop, Papa's a Rolling Stone. I'm trying to save my money. I gotta go on hunts. I got. I got. If a kid I worked at McDonald's, I'm getting the most car I could buy. That's how I'm as, as obsessed. I'm obsessed about like. Very few things. Uh, women, 
machines like cars and uh, guns. I'm obviously married, you know, pretty happy there. Cars, I can't get rid of that obsession or guns. And I like watches, but, you know, you got you to oh, go line. Typical. So stereotypical. Yeah, I know. What can I say? <laughs> about watches, like I, I have a big gun collection. Listen to this. I have over a thousand guns that I want to sell now because I'm like over that. Like I've had guns for so long. Every gun that I've had it narrowed down to what I like. And now I, I, I finally like, kind of, I, I think, um, you know, I've reached this summit. I have a team that's so incredible and we design the stuff that I really want. So I don't care about the rest of the stuff. I don't care. I don't, I couldn't wear a watch. I've never worn a watch. My, my phone tells me the time in cars. Like I, I just want to like, you know, I went from living in Atlanta, a big city, 8 million people with a bunch of rappers to living in New Hampshire where everyone looks like me. Mm-hmm. And, I don't want to stand out, so I drive normal cars. So I don't care. Even my house, like we've got a really nice house, but it looks like a normal house from the front. You have to drive around the back to see that it's awesome. Okay. So even right. Well, if you've got some guns you don't want, I'll volunteer to take some guns off your hand. Especially I'll send bu- you. Huh? I'll send you an invoice. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the bullpups especially. Always look, always on the oh. lookout for bullpups. <laughs> well, it did. Your, all your taste is in your mouth, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you had to get that one in at the last minute. So apparently you don't like bullpups either. Well, no, ergonomics, they suck, and they're real heavy. And the triggers are normally trash. Oh, okay. There you go. That's, uh, that's, I can't, I can't uh, you know, I don't agree with that. I think they've gotten better. But, you know, I mean... What can we say? Maybe one of one, these days Q's will make, Q will make a bullpup, and you could call it the Hank. Not when uh, I own it. The, Q, the Hank Q, the Q Hank or something like that. When um, I sell it. Yeah. yeah. What, what about bullpups? What do I like about bullpups? I just like I like their sci-fi look. There's a, there's a bunch of things I like about it. And bullpups have gotten better. Triggers and things like that have gotten better, uh, all that stuff. Max says he's going to, uh, he's interested in, in your 80s classic if you have them. He says he'll take them all. There you go. Any 80s guns you want to get rid of. I buy old 80s bullpups and stuff like that. So, uh, And Max says clearly the last bullpup you uh, shot was the AUG. So there you go. <laughs> I do have Yeah. I do. Oh, see, that's why. Okay, there you go. That's why. You got to get up. You got to get back up on the bullpups. The AUG's fine, but you can make a traditional rifle, have better ergonomics, a better trigger, and be much lighter weight. The only thing good about a bullpup is you can get a shorter package with a longer barrel to get better volume. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but they're just cool, man. I just think they're cool. It reminds me of when I was a kid and I looked at my dad's popular science and popular mechanics magazines and, you know, they had the bullpups in there and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of, I lived in England when I was younger and I used to see those things all the time and and see it in those magazines. I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. And I still, I still feel that way. I still feel, I haven't gotten over it. Hey, is, is that the reason to buy a gun? Yes, it is. I've got, come on, I've got ARs and things like that. Yes, the reason to buy it is because you think it's cool. <laughs> That's a valid reason. How many, okay. of us, how many of us, listen, I even like bullpups that are crappy. Like I have a, what's the name of, I have a zip gun. You ever, you remember the zip gun? You ever saw that thing? Yeah. And I'll admit that was pretty terrible. It doesn't work at all. 
But uh, I got one of those. I like. I just like weird stuff like that. You know, I have like okay. an actual uh, pistol, a handgun that's a bullpup. Uh, remember what was it called, the Boberg? But uh, yeah, the Bullpup Nine is what it's called now. It's made by Bond Arms now. So it didn't go business, huh? It didn't go out of business. No, Bond Arms is still there. They bought the design of that from the Boberg went out of business, and then Bond Arms uh, made it. It's it's a nice gun. You know, I think it's good. I wonder why I've never heard of it. Oh, see. There you go. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna have to do this again because obviously here we could keep going, we could keep going, and and we could uh you know we could stay here for a long time. But I don't want to do that. I know it's Friday. Everyone's got places to go, things to do. Um, so you know, shout out by the way to Alex Bosco from SB Tactical. He's obviously not here right now. Uh, thanks to him though for coming on. We've got Walter here. Walter, if the folks out there would like to uh, catch up with you and all the things you have going on. Check out your cool mini bikes that you're building. Uh, who knows? I don't even want to get into what Kevin thinks about mini bikes now. I love bikes. Oh, he loves mini bikes. There you go. Mini bikes. I ride a scooter. Got a 150 cc scooter. It's great. Best motorcycle on. Oh, okay. Very nice. Very nice. Walter just got crazy about mini bikes in the last year. Well, makes more sense than a bullpup. So I get it. Oh, and uh, ATF don't don't do bull don't do mini bikes. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, anyway. Yeah, not yet. They will one day. They will. One I don't. Day. I don't burn no alcohol on my mini bikes, so you know. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, and I don't make well. Anyways, um, you can check us out on safetyhourfirearms.com. Right. We'll just keep it real simple tonight. Um, and there's all the social medias at Safety Hour Firearms too. So awesome, awesome. And then Kevin of Q, how can the folks out there, if they, where's the best place for them to go to follow you, uh, communicate with you, see what you guys are up to, uh, lend support, etc. Well, generally meme pages. Sometimes uh, <laughs> the official cue is our Instagram, livequeordie.com is our website. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody, please, thank you for all the support we've had so far through this arm brace situation. Please continue. Push now. We are winning, but we're going to lose if we don't keep it up. So contact the NRA, GOA your congressman, your senator, the White House, DOJ, tell them what's up, tell them it's a bunch of BS. Um, you know, whether you like me or our company or not, it's it's everyone who has an arm brace gun, which is every firearms company. And everyone's gonna suffer if ATF is successful with this BS. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so definitely, definitely do what you guys can to support, get out there and check out, what is it, Frack? Check out Frack. I'm sure the, the site's going to be getting better. Hopefully soon we're going to be getting a uh, bullpup uh, brace of some sort. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, no. I know. no, no. <laughs> Hopefully we afford a taste transplant brain. <laughs> I know how to meme you now, Kevin. I'm just going to throw you up there with a bullpup. Let's see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Is there a picture of Kevin with a bullpup on the internet? <laughs> Block. <laughs> All right, listen, uh, everyone stay right there. I'm going to run in the end right now. Big thanks to Safety Harbor Firearms, Walter for sponsoring the show here. Shout out to all you guys. Smash the thumbs ups and all that. Uh, we'll be back here on Monday. Tomorrow, I'm actually going to be at Cigar Life in Lakeland, Florida uh, from noon to four, hanging out with uh, my friend Roy from Brownells. Um, 
he's going to be he's going to be there from from noon to four as well. So if you're in the Lakeland, Florida area, you can come check me out. Let me run the end in right now. Stay right there, Kevin Walter. There we go. Make sure you guys smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. We're going to rip the audio out of this and put it up on iTunes and all the other places that you get your audio podcast from. Big thanks to Kevin from a Q, Q or Die, Kevin Brittingham, as well as Alex Bosco from SB Tactical, and Walter Keller from Safety Harbor Firearms. All the folks out there, thanks so much. Who wants the last word? Get involved, folks. Get involved. There you go. Awesome. Thank you. We're out of here.